Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com forward slash swoopsworld. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's audibletrial, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L.com forward slash swoopsworld. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Welcome to another edition of Swoops World, right here on the new Talk Story Radio Network. Swoops World, where you get all you need to know about arts, culture, news, and happiness. Our number, if you want to give us a call tonight, is 562-912-3444. You can always email us at swoopsworld at gmail.com, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. Once again, if you want to give us a call, that number is 562-912-3444. Now just sit back and enjoy Another edition of Swoops World on the new Talk Story Radio Network. Welcome to another edition of Swoops World Late Night. It is Wednesday, May 20th, 2015. How's it going, Peter? It's going good. Busy night tonight. Uh, coming up first at uh, 8.15, Anthony Davis will be joining us. Uh, that's about an hour early for AD, but we uh, made accommodations for our, our, our guest. So we're going to have AD at 8.15. We'll be talking uh, sports and uh, what's been happening in the world of sports. Coming up about 9.15 uh, will be Jack Nunn. He's a fitness expert and a triathlete, uh, rowing uh, champion of whatnot, and uh, he's been on the show many a time, so we had a chance to talk to Jack. Of course, we have uh, Brewski's and T-Bone's time out as usual. How's your week been, man? Been okay. You know, not too bad. Uh, nothing, to, nothing to write home about, but <laughs> I had, uh, had family in town, and then I had to visit family in San Diego, so that was took up a big chunk of my weekend. And, um, you know, now we're getting back into the swing of not having house guests. <laughs> it's a good, good day. It's a good day. Rolling back to normal, huh? Yeah. How about yourself? Oh, not bad. Nothing, nothing exciting. You know, just kind of in a, nothing really exciting. When in a, you know, <laughs> just daily, daily, day-to-day stuff. Uh, watched a couple of TV shows and uh, see what I watched. I watched uh, The Voice, the, the finals of The Voice, and the kid that won. I said, I, I said during his audition, I said, that guy's going to win. So I, first time I've ever done that, and uh, I'm, pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty proud of myself, man. Sawyer Fredericks, that kid was good, man. He's only like 16 years old or some shit like that. Wow. Super talented, so that was cool. And uh, I'm sure I did something else, and I'll remember it later on in the show. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> right now, I'm, uh, I can't think of anything. What do you got, man? <laughs> uh, you know what? Let's uh, let's take our first break and then come back and we'll get uh, we'll get our guests on the line. What do you think? Sounds like a plan. You are listening to Swoops World on the Talk Story Radio Network, and we're about uh, like I said, about ten fifteen minutes away from Anthony Davis. This is Twenty Eyes, and this is called Party. Back after this. <laughs>
children. We say the Pledge of Allegiance together. You see me around the neighborhood and you tell me that I'm a pretty good kid. Well, I'm one out of every five children in America and I'm struggling with hunger. This problem is closer than you think. My teacher tells me we can grow up to be whatever we want. I want to grow up to be someone who doesn't go to bed hungry. There's enough food in this country to feed everybody. Please visit feedingamerica.org today and find your local food bank for ways to help. Every dollar you donate helps provide eight meals for kids like me, quietly struggling with hunger. Together, we are Feeding America, brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. So, Jacqueline. Yes, Mom? I wanted to talk to you about something, and... Oh, wait. Hold on. I just got a text. Oh, wait, Mom. I just got a message. So many comments on my comment. Hey, guys, check out my new wait. video game. Mom, what? Huh? Pew, pew. What'd you say? This huh? weekend, unplug. Getting closer to nature can get you closer to your family. To find the forest nearest you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Hey, this is Sean Paul on the Wall, and you're listening to
Welcome back to Swiss Road on Talk Story Radio Network. And that was Haster. Uh, yeah, they were they were a guest a couple years ago, huh, Peter? Way back when. Yeah, yeah, that was called Fuller. Uh, the way back yeah, machine. We'll see you guys. So, uh, hey, it's, uh, we're getting close to getting you know getting the AD on the line. So uh, let's get his intro going and see if we can get him, get him on the air. What do you think, brother? Sounds like a plan. Sounds like a plan. There we go. Welcome back to the show. We are happy to have our good friend and colleague, uh, the USC great five-time national champion, two-time All-American, played in the NFL, the CFL, the WFL, the great Anthony Davis. How you doing, brother? Doing good. How are you tonight? Doing great, man. Doing great. Always, uh, always a pleasure to have a chance to chat with you, talk to you about what's happening in the world of sports and, and see what's going on. And sometimes we talk about other stuff, too. But uh, I know what's been on your mind this week, man. Yeah, you, you, uh, the, the Patriots, uh, what's his name, Kraft, he, uh, he, he talk, he's at the meetings with uh, Goodell, and apparently they're, they're all chummy, buddy buddies. He had a big hug, he had a group hug, and he decided to, they're not going to fight the, uh, the penalties, the uh, million-dollar fine and the – Four-game suspension and whatnot. I know uh, Brady's still fighting his uh, part of it, but uh, the Pats are going to go ahead and take care of what they were uh, fined with. What do you think? Well, I talked to some people, guys that, that played in the league, and, and basically we come to the conclusion that, hey, listen, you find out that uh, the owner craft is management, and you're a player. <laughs> so you have to deal with the player association. you got to use to find that out. Now, a lot of people think that Kraft, based on why he was talking pre-Super Bowl, post-AFC championship game, that he sold him out. Now, if you heard some of the things said on ESPN by, well, of course, our guy named Skip Bayless, he claims that uh, Kraft sold him out. And a lot of the New England Patriots people feel that they should have just fought, fought, fought. But, you know, the bottom line is you got 31 other owners who were penalized for other different things. So if it was good for the goose, it was good for the gander. So that's, that's where, that's where, where, uh, where everything was going for as the owner's concerned. And Brady's got to go, and see, basically, Brady's going after not so much for the money, not the fine, not the four games he's going to be set out. He's going for his, he's going to court or whatever, and for the pill situation, for his reputation. That's what he's trying to do. That's 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 what it boils down to. Now, I agree with Herm Evers what he said today. If, if if Brady would have just said, "Hey, look, yeah, it's a little inflated, blah 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 blah," and these guys that, that deal with the balls, that's what happened. You know, and if he'd have nipped it in the butt then, it wouldn't be what this deal would be. I mean, I agree with him totally, but, you know, to, to, to deny it, make it a big deal, you open up a Pandora's box, I frankly blame that on Brady. But I, I, but I believe it's so simple. And the thing is, what he should have been up front about is the fact when him and Peyton Manning talked to the league a few years back about the, 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 the size and inflation and, and the size of balls versus if it's softer or harder, they wanted, they just wanted to create it. They should have said, hey, I like it a little softer. That's it. And, and what, what are my consequences? What are my consequences in, in having the ball the way it is? And just to do it and move on. It wouldn't be a big deal. But now it's all blown out. Now we're talking court. We're talking about this. We're talking about that. I mean, come on. My understanding uh, with, with, with what they wanted uh, was the ability to have uh, – because – 
the teams that they played against had the balls way overinflated. So he and Manning went to the thing to the league to say, "Hey, we want to be able to bring our own balls." And um, I, and then I understand that the league set the standard of what the PSI was going to be. So I, I understand why they why they went to the league and, and wanted to be able to bring their own balls because. I think it was the Jets had fed them uh, some balls that were uh, something around 15, 16 psi, which sounds like a basketball to me. But um, so that that was the deal there. As far as Brady's concerned, though, I, I was uh, listening to some guys uh, uh, talking the other day, um, SVP and Rilla, whatever they call them. Um, and one of the guys was talking. He was reading some of the things out of the out of the uh, the report, and. Apparently they tested the they, they they can't even say that they test the the tested the PSI in the balls with the different gauges. Um, there are some flaws in the report, and I understand why Brady's going after that, and I understand what you're saying about Kraft and people. Well, that's what happens. You work for somebody for so long, and they they seem to be you know a, a part of the a part of the whole team type of thing, and every once in a while you realize that they like you said there he's a business owner and you're a player. You know, he's a, you know, he, and then they take different stands. And, and, and I, you find that you hear people talk about that that work for, you know, in the military, you know, or, or in police departments and fire departments where they talk about their chiefs and, and they got, you know, the, the stand up guy. And all of a sudden they'll, they'll do something what they deem as political. And you say, whoa, what happened to this guy? He, he used to be behind us all the time. And I think that's what just happened here with the Patriots. Yeah, I mean, because look, look he's, he's management. I mean, he's part of the ownership, he's part of the shield. He's one of the he's he's one of the one of the thirty two billionaires that that provide a, you know a product for the field and and to promote that product Tom Brady is the person who put up that that product and has done it well he's got six Super Bowl appearances and four championships so you know he's the worker and he's the owner it doesn't matter how much success he has he owns the team and he's part of the the collective group of owners owners out there that make it happen so he's got to fall under the shell. And, and basically what everybody's saying now, no one's bigger than the shield. And no one is better than the rules. So that's, that's what he's dealing with. The thing is, the thing that was going on, he doesn't like the fact that he was calling him a liar. But I think that, you know, he, he, a, lot of, a lot of people don't like the fact that these two low-paid workers have been put out the game, put out and lost their, pretty much lost their job. And what I would do is make sure that these guys get their jobs back. That's good. They, people should lobby to get these guys back their jobs. And at the end of the day, Brady has to stand up and say, "Hey, did I do this or did I didn't do this?" And just get us out of the way. It's going to go away, but you got you have to. People are waiting to hear you. The way you play the game, you should come out and be forceful and stand up for yourself and just tell the truth. If it's truth to be said, say it. Uh, that's all everybody wants to see. That's all everybody wants to hear. That's what people want to hear. But any good attorney is going to tell you keep your mouth shut until we until right. we until we fight this well, thing. But you know well, the, 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 the person the person the person who created it, he the, created it anyway. I mean he he created it. If he, if he'd have been up front and say, look, I like it a little softer, blah blah. Okay, what's my consequence? Let's take care of it. And it'd have been it. But well, then, see, see, then see then what you're doing, AD. What you're doing, AD, is is you're saying what's my consequences? He's saying he didn't do anything wrong, so there are he should not say what what are my consequences. If, he, if you're standing up saying I didn't do anything wrong, I don't have. There's no consequences I should have. So I, I understand where he's coming from with that. The person who's throwing throwing these two low paid guys under the bus right now is Kraft because he's going along with what the what the NFL 
has stated, in which says they are suspended indefinitely. Um, if he wanted, if he you know, obviously he's not going to stand up for somebody that that far down on his pay scale. Um, but it seems to me that that's the person who's throwing those two guys under the bus. Well, see, but the bottom line is, the bottom line is Brady should have stepped up for those guys. You see, he's dealing with a lot of fronts. He's dealing with the perception of what the players think. He's being a perception of what the public thinks outside of in New England. But also, it was, it was him who dictated to these low-level employees to do what they did. He, they're not going to do something that's against him. And basically, those text messages, I, I don't believe that that was something. I believe that those guys really don't like what he was about and what he was doing. He should cover, he should cover his tail, the low-level workers, and put everything in perspective so the public can deal with it. So right now, he just, he's tarnished. He just tarnished right now until he comes clean. Wherever it happens, he's got to come clean. And just like the commissioner said today, I want to hear from Tom Brady. And Tom, and as you just said, well, his attorney's involved, and that's where it shouldn't be. The attorney shouldn't be involved. He should have said, look, what's the issue? Let's talk. Let me talk to the commissioner and get out of the way. And that, it would have been nipped in, the, nipped in the bud then. But now it's the Pandora's box up, so people involved, attorneys involved. Kraft has did what he's did. He saw, he separated himself from the situation. Now Brady's on his own. He didn't have to be that. And now you got two level guys who don't have a job. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. Well, I mean that's that, that's my point of view. Yeah, I, my my point is is once once they once they started an investigation, you know, so that was uh, it. And then then he there's, there's no reason for him to. Unless, unless depending on what their what their rules and bylaws are, there's no reason for him to step up in front of anybody and say anything until the investigation's over with, and find out what the outcome is at. And then if he if he thinks he's still got screwed, then he goes to the players' association and fights it that way. I think the way he's fighting, I know what the public wants to hear, what the public wants to see, but when it's your when it's you on the line, I think he's doing what 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 he what he should be doing to, for himself. I think you know anybody who gets in trouble in the league. Uh, I don't think they should be going up to the mic and talking until the until the investigation's done and over with, until they have their day in their day in you know arbitration or whatever. However, the uh, players' association works it. My whole thing is this: there should have been no investigation. You deal with the commissioner straight out. No player associates until you find out what he's talking about, and that's how I should have worked. It had been. It it it, it, it would never. It would never be this way if it had done it that way. That's all I'm saying. You have your day, but you know, do it expeditiously, right now. Talk to talk to the commissioner, and you get it out of the way. He didn't do that. Brunel and they were talking about it on on ESPN today. Get it out of the way, and he said a lot of a lot of guys deal with the balls and stuff, but he but he just well I I, I don't think I did this. No, I've, I've always played by the. But, Come on, you got too many elements out there that's saying different. Now you have an owner who separated himself. So what, what happened was all the layers got well, falling. The low-level guys are gone, crafts are gone, and now you're by yourself. Now you got to bring the player association. Now you got to have arbitration with them. All I'm saying, he, he could have handled it a different way. What you need to do, just go back. This is what Herm Edwards said today, and he, and he said it perfectly. As soon as it happened, boom, say it. But then what happens, once you don't say anything, you, you go into denial. Belichick should have been involved. And if, I, and, and if I'd have been Belichick, I'd have, had, I'd have had Brady in a room with Kraft, sit down, like I said earlier, and get to the bottom of it. That's what I've had. That's what I would have done. And that's what Herm Edwards said today, which I totally agree. But they didn't do that. 
Now what happens when, when it's out of the Pandora's box, all the previous stuff, Spygate and all this other kind of stuff comes out. Well, you know, you saw what happened to Patriots. We had to get Atlanta what happened they did. And they had these other teams who brought it. We had to get New Orleans what they did. So everything pops up. So when you're not sitting trying to be in denial, that's what happened to Bredo. So he, so, so he started sinking himself into the ocean by keeping quiet. And the longer you stay quiet, the more the suspicion comes up. That's all I'm saying. Well, the last person I remember that got in trouble and, and started speaking right away was that incognito guy. He didn't do himself any favors. Um, <clears throat> so I, I think, you know, when you get allegations of, of, of cheating uh, against you uh, and, you, the, 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 you know, the investigation started, they said they were going to do an investigation right away. Um, you know, I, I understand that the public might not like it because they don't want to hear him. They want to hear him say something. If you know, if I was advising him, I'd say keep your mouth shut till we go to arbitration, and we'll see what happens there. Um, you know, they've got. They, from what I understand, uh, a lot. It's a lot of speculation uh, in this report by this attorney. Uh, they say he he comes to some conclusions that are just conclusions. You know, based on in because of this and because of that, it must be this. And uh, you know, and it really does not connect the dots. Uh, you're right. Some of those text messages, I don't believe the guy who was, who was talking, calling himself the deflator was saying that because he's losing a lot of weight. Wow. I don't buy that bullshit. But, you know, there, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of issues here, and, and, I, and I understand where you're coming from. I'm just thinking if, if, I'm, if I'm advising a guy, I say, hey, we'll do our talking in, in, the, uh, in the hearing. Well, the problem is now he's his attorney in, in the player association. Now, now, you gotta, now you're just like one of the regular ball players. Before then, you had Ernest says, I, I believe him, and you had Belichick, I believe him. Now, they're all in the management, and he's by himself just like a regular player now. Tom Brady, I don't care if you got four Super Bowls, we got bylaws, we're going to treat you just like any other player violating the rule book. That's exactly what's happening. He had cushion at first, but he allowed it to get to the point where the cushion was stripped from him. That's what I'm saying to you. He could have nibbed it in the butt. And the longer craze out there, it's always going to be. And even and, and even the diehard New England Patriot fans, which are, they're diehards, a lot of them believe the crap should have fallen away. A lot of people are standing behind Brady. But let me tell you something. Eventually, if it comes out stinking, then he's going to lose. He's going he's going to fall in, out of favor with some of those people too. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, I'm just saying. I'm not saying that it, it, the majority of them will always be behind him. But, I mean, you know, there are some humans who say, you know, so, wow, man, why don't you just admit this up front? You know, why don't you just admit it up front and deal with it up front? You know, don't, don't let any of this tarnish you, tarnish the Super Bowl. Because I can tell you now, some ball players out there now say, you know something, it wasn't a fair game. And they've always had a history of being unfair and cheating. That's what it is. Now, if you put Don Shula in the room, let him say what he thinks about Belichick and the, and, and the New England Patriots situation. Here's a guy that went undefeated in the NFL and won two Super Bowl championships. So I'm just saying, you know, you see what he thinks. I know what he thinks. So, so you know, I'm really tired of hearing about it. And uh, <laughs> like everybody else, because um, the other people worry about getting up every day trying to get a job, worrying about talking about these millionaires and billionaires talking about a flat ball. I mean, come on. <laughs> Let's move on to the, the, what else is happening down there in, 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 uh, in the meetings this week. They they're talking about all oh, they did. They made a they made a change to the uh, the PAT. Uh, I guess they're moving the uh, they're moving the, uh, the extra point kick back uh, 15 yards or so, and uh, the, the going for the two points. They're moving it to the to the two yard line, and and uh, if they uh, 
block it or intercept a pass or something, they can run it back uh, for her two points if they if they score. Uh, you know, if the defense scores, do you think uh, do you think that these changes were necessary? And, and if so, do you think these are the right changes? I don't think it was necessary to change it, but I think they want to spice up the game a little bit. And I don't I don't think they want it. And you know, and if they find some conflict with the new the new change, well, they'll change it. I mean, I think this is going to be a trial basis. I don't think it's really set in goal yet, but they'll fight. And also, you got to look at different conditions these guys playing. Some guy teams are playing indoors versus teams on outdoors. I mean, that's going to change a lot of stuff too, based on what they want to go for. Go for the one point or two points. So that's my thought on it as well. It, it's just going to uh, uh, be spicy. Something the fans get behind or not get behind. Simple. What one of the interesting things was is even where they're even where the um, the uh, the kick the kickers are going to be kicking from, it's still a chip shot for most of these kickers. I think it's what that becomes like what a thirty yard thirty yard attempt or thirty three yard attempt. I think was what I was what I remember being quoted. Um, but that's still a that's still a uh, you know an easy an easy kick for most most of those players. Well, it's an easy kick, but I mean, you know, somebody, somebody's gonna miss that. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you get up, you get in, you. Let me tell you something. Outside, okay, thirty degrees. I played in that kind of weather, and I could tell you, trying to kick a ball in that kind of weather, thirty yards is seem like it's, it's, it's there forever. <laughs> some guys can do it, some guys can't. I'm just saying, because 30 yards be difficult in cold, windy weather. Yeah. Well, so it's going to vary from team to team and game to game. Right, right. I, 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 I just want to. I'm, I'm wondering if it's going to really change the game a whole lot. I mean, I, you're right. It, it, it is. It's, it's a, it's a distance where a lot of guys can miss it, and I think the, I think what you have there was more opportunity for it to get blocked, um, right. more right. so than anything else. Um, but uh, I wonder if it's you know, how how much how much it's going to affect the game is going to be interesting. And I don't know if from one yard to two yards is really going to stop some team who really really needs to, needs to go for two um, right. to, to stop them from from making that attempt. Uh, you know, it's 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 a yard further, but most of those guys once they make a, I guess it eliminates kind of the quarterback sneak. That's about it, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, they're just tweaking the game, and they're going to see how the fanfare goes because ultimately it's like the fans thinking if they like it, they like it, they will, they will say yes, let's go for it. If not, people will say no, we disagree with that, and the teams will say, you know something, I don't think this is going to work, and then they'll go back to the, you know, the rules committee again uh, and go back and either abolish it or they can, or maintain it. One of the other things that was that was big in the news uh, today is um, in the morning I hear um, talk of that the uh, Chargers and the Raiders are, are one step closer to, 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 to moving to L.A. And in the afternoon I hear the, the commissioner say, yeah, things look, things look you know, L.A. is feasible, but it's not a done deal by any means. He says, Inglewood looks good, L, uh, Carson looks good, but that's just a start and they're nowhere near Nowhere near uh, a team moving to L.A. See, here's the situation. It's going to be like it was back in 1999. Same stuff, all days out, all over again. Here you got three teams supposedly are going to be in the number two market. And now we had we had so many competing groups last time back in, the, in 1999, you know, back when, the, when everybody was competing for Houston and L.A. There were three competing groups. Now you, see, now you, have, you have three different teams in, in two different sites. I mean, so... I'll believe it when I see it. I've been hearing this. It's one thing for sure. 
if you come to California, it's going to be privately done. There's no taxpayer money going. Look, state of California is broke as it is. They're not going to be coughing up any public money to let some billionaire owners come here and compete. Now, the owner of the Rams, to me, he has the most solid ground of making it happen. He's got the money. He's got the land. He's got the location. He's got the partnerships involved. I say if it's going to happen, it's going to happen right there with him. I can't see the Chargers and the Raiders being in the same stadium. I can see, I can see the Chargers and the Rams possibly being up, up, uh, up, up here in the Los Angeles area. But frankly, I think it's going to be one team here, and that will be possibly the Rams. But now that you know about the Rams, St. Louis, the people fighting to get public money back in St. Louis to keep the Rams there. So I will believe it when when it's when it's set in stone. For right now, I agree with the commissioner. Nothing set in stone, and I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. All I know is it's hot air. Just like that hot, just like that hot balloon, Goodyear balloon sitting over there off the 405 and the 110, okay? <laughs> I'll be able not see it. I'll start blowing up some balloons, too, until I believe Well, you know, if you just, you know, from a practical standpoint, it looks like the, the, the guy who owns the Rams is in a better position because he already owns the land. He's got the land. He's got the money. I mean, come on. I mean, he, he's, he's the only one. Yeah. And then if he, and then all he has to do is get the blessings of three quarters of the owners, and that's it. He's here. It's going to come down to the owners whether you relocate the franchise or whatever. And then they got to readjust the TV contract and the whole thing because you got to remember when the Rams, if the Rams come back here, that franchise jumps up in millions of dollars. That brand, that 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 that, that thing is over. I think I think he'll great. They'll gain a billion dollars in 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 value by moving the team. Right. It's coming to the number two market. The, and I frankly, and I believe that this is the best market in the United States anyway. Demographically, for everything you can do here and everything around with a team. You can market a team so much better, better than back east, as far as I'm concerned. They call New York the number one market, but this is the best market in the country, number two. And it's sort of an envy about this marketplace here because you're going to make a lot more money than anybody in the league. You got the weather. You got potential Super Bowls. You got everything here. You got things that can happen. You got the beach. You got Disneyland. You got Universal Studio. You got New Orange County. You got all kinds of things you can do here. There's a whole lot of things you can do in marketing uh, NFL team in, in the number two market. Right. Versus Denver, versus Minnesota, versus you know Jacksonville. So I mean, you know, <laughs> you know, this is a mecca here. This is Hollywood. When Beverly it, Hills, Orange when, County, Newport. You know, you, you, this is this 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 is the land. This is the land of the gods here, brother. When they when they when they uh, when they divvy up these rights, uh, you know, and you talk about you know the the, the number one, number two, number three markets. Um, how does that work for for these these teams that are in lesser markets? Do they still get a they still get a piece of the pie? Or uh, well, they share that you know, you know, you know, you know, they share in the past. Because, for example, you know, if you have an owner, if you have a team, and you know, and, and I could be wrong with what I'm getting ready to say, if you have a team in a number two market, look at all the sponsorship, look at all the extra sponsorship, all the extra accelerated money you'll get just by being here. I mean, you know, yeah, the, they share in the revenue with the Super Bowl stuff. They share with the, the commercial. They share with all the sponsors. Like for example, you know, they have a they have a ten year deal with the Nike, and I've been affiliated with Nike for forty years. So they share in that sponsorship money. You got Coca-Cola. 
You got all these different major corp. They all share in that. You see, and they all share the TV pack. I think I think the current TV pack is twenty two point eight billion dollar TV pack over eight or nine ten years, which that's coming up. So they share in all that. So yeah, those guys are making the money. But when you get in your own local market, like the number two market, you get those dollars are your dollars. And that's the same like when Jerry Jones has his thing in Dallas. In Dallas, that's his local money right. that he has outside of the, the pool of money that the, that the owners share. So market is a big deal. <laughs> Number two market's a monster. This is a beast of a market out here. It's unbelievable. Well, the best in the country. Speaking about the local market, uh, you know, up until up until a few days ago uh, in the NBA, we still had a team plan out of this market. Uh, the Clippers, they they were up. Uh, I think they had That's two crazy. shots, two, two 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 shots to close the game, close that series out, and uh, and they and they didn't, and let Houston uh, let Houston take it back away from them. What uh, what were your thoughts? I know you watched. I know you watched some of those games. First of all, you know, I mean it. it, it you know, I talked to a lot of people after that, and I mean, you hear all kind of stuff. One guy said, well, the curse of Donald Sterling. Then you hear, same old Clippers. Then you see what Maggie Johnson said, same old Clippers. See, my whole thing about the Clippers, if they if they had just knocked off Houston, they'd have been on their way to establishing their own brand. Well, right now, they have no brand. The brand in this market is the Lakers. This is the Lakers' town. They're the value. They got all the money. As long as they're here... They're going to always be second fiddle. Now, if I'm Bomber, the owner of the Clippers, I move that team. Or I move to another venue. I market my team another way. I don't care what you try to say, how to sugarcoat it. This is, this is the Laker town, period. And, 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 if, and if the Clippers are worth $2 billion, what do you think the, Lake, what do you think the Lakers are worth? Three? 3.5? I mean, but, 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 but and Bomber created that. And the beneficiary of, of that was the Sterling family. And as far as I'm concerned, the fact that they lost the way they lost, that a bad taste. That just, I mean, that is, I mean, that knocked them into left field. I mean, that was unbelievable. I mean, that, I mean, that was unbelievable. I mean, they, I mean, they were just a minute away. Boy, all they had to do, and it had been done. It had been over. Been over. Yeah, it was it was it was a couple of tough tough losses. Um, you but, my, know, but, but 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 Keith, my whole thing about the Clippers is it, it just you know you know I'm I consider myself a, somewhat of a business guy, uh, and I know this guy, this owner Bomber, has to be thinking, hey, look, I'm from Seattle, I'm worth billions of dollars. Do I want to face the heat about the same old Clippers, or do I want to go somewhere talking to the to the to the NBA? About I need to move this team. The team has been moved three times, two times in its history: Buffalo, San Diego. Matter of fact, Sterling should have kept the team in San Diego and built that brand. But he didn't do that. He wanted to be up here in L.A. It was a second fiddle deal. Other than brother Jack Kent couldn't. Jerry Jerry Bus, most like mostly Jerry Bus, and Jerry Bus, as you know, built that brand to Lakers. Could have been a great NFL coach because because. I was almost a player under ownership with the Rams that they would have sold it to him. I'm telling you, what he did was unbelievable. There's no way the Clippers can ever replace the Lakers. 11 NBA titles, is that what it is, Keith? 11 or 12? I mean, 
I mean, they got the Time Warner deal. Clippers don't have that. The, 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 only two, the only two things of a brand that the Clippers have is Chris Paul and Blake Griffin, Nakia and Stay Farm. That's their identity. <laughs> That's their identity. And then the fact that you know you have a, 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 a ex Microsoft great guy from all from, from all indications, billionaire. That's the only thing they got going. Well, here's a question. So I would say, Mr. Bomber, you move your team, build your brand, because that's the only because you're always going to be second fiddle in this town. Well, here's a question for you. Um, you, you. We just we were just talking about football, and you're talking about this being the best market. Why would he want to leave this market? And and before you answer that. If the if the Clippers continue to, to win and the Lakers continue to lose, it would no longer be a Laker town. Well, I'm talking about from a business standpoint. I mean, right now, I'm just saying to you, yeah, of course, if if first of all, the Clippers gotta win the championship. They ain't they, they ain't even been to a, a Western final. They gotta get there and more. Okay, that's what they have to do. And and if he wants to stay in the number two market you better get him a no new venue and start building his brand and his men. Go to Orange County if you want to do something. They love him down there. They take him down there. You got the Ducks down there with their own brand. You got the Kings up here with their own brand. That's what he needs to do with the NBA. Move the team. But you can't sit up under the nose of the Lakers, whether they win or lose or not. But their brand is always going to be bigger than yours until you win an NBA title or, or push for that title. And this is the chance for them to do that, and they blew it. That's what I'm saying. They need if they want to stay in the number two, move away, get your own venue, start your own market. Because right now, what's blocking you are the Lakers, whether they're winning or losing. Now, I think you make a good point in that. Uh, I don't think they have to move far. I think if they were to move uh, to the Honda Center, say, you know, play where the Ducks play, I think uh, they'd be very well received down there. And being Absolute. there, they would be able to tap in to their San Diego fans, because I lived in San Diego for a number of years, and there are still, <clears throat> not a lot of them, but they're, they're diehard. There are still quite a few Clipper fans in San Diego, and being in Orange County, uh, you know, he could, do, he could still do what, uh, what uh, what's-his-name does with the Angels, and uh, he can still call them L.A., uh, but actually being in that venue might... Uh, kind of differentiate them might give them that sort of edge financially and uh you know from a from a in, in matter of fact business it was thought matter of fact him and eisner the, 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 the chairman of walt with disney disney walt disney the disney corporation and donald Stern at one time they couldn't come they couldn't come to terms on the money the revenue sharing thing it had almost happened sterling almost was down in orange county but the fact that they couldn't come to conclusion about the money split, from my understanding, it never happened. That was the opportunity for the Clippers to get out of Los Angeles. But as long as they stay here, it ain't going to happen. Well, and the great thing about Orange County is, is you're out of Los Angeles, but you're still in Los Angeles. You know, yeah, you but get to, you because get to do what the Angels do. You know, you get to call we'll yourself see. that. Well, I don't but even know why separate. you said it. I don't say you're talking about the Los Angeles Angels. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. It's ridiculous, <laughs> but it's been proven that since they did that, uh, Art Moreno and the Angels have made a significant, like 20% more uh, in um, 
merchandise sales and in advertising sales. Now, and let me ask you a question. How much, off the top of your head, how much money do you think they've done since they've done that? Oh, I don't, I don't honestly, I don't know. I just okay, remember well, reading a report saying that they increased their, all their marketing, all the money that's generated from marketing. So like uniforms, uh, advertising, like locally jumped 20%. 20 or 21 percent that's a chunk of change man and maybe there are other factors i mean just the putting number together a market, number of team, good teams the, the, for a the, number the, of years but i i honestly believe I, I think it's stupid i'm right there with you AD. i think it's dumb but to the rest of the nation they don't see the difference and i think well, it's it been a big boost for them oh, la and orange county it just it's la north and LA and then number two market north and number two market south. That's how they that's how they look at it. Now if the Clippers were down there, if they wanted to keep them, they could do whatever they want. I wouldn't do it. I mean, you know, you might be right about the Angels and what they did using the LA brand and stuff. I believe that you didn't have to do that. I just believe build your brand and keep it the way it is. Be historical. Be original. But, you know, I mean, everybody has this whole thing where they want to be attached to L.A. That's fine. But you're still in the number two market. Build your brand in the number two market. It's, it's divided in two areas, but overall it's the number two market. Number two, number two market north, number two market south. And now that, that, that's a matter of opinion. If, if he's doing well, God bless him. If he's doing well, keep it the name L.A. The LA Angels or whatever. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, you know. And then the bottom line is, like, I'm, I'm going to stick the whole fast to that. The Clippers should be out of L.A. or out of that venue in their own venue. I mean, and I can tell you, talking to people that I know, a lot of guys that play with the Clippers past and present, and they have a problem with that venue. He said, man, we walk in there. This, well, this is not our home. This is the Lakers' home. They're just putting paint over it, changing the floor, changing the banners. This ain't our house. They, they got history in this house. History, history ain't with ours. They were sitting over the sports arena. Sterling, you had enough money. Go build them own venue. Go build your own venue. Come on, Sterling. They, they, had, the, they had the sports arena, man. <laughs> they could play at the Galen Center. I don't get it. I hear the forums available. <laughs> huh? I hear the forums available. <laughs> well, you can do that, too, but he's not doing that. Well, Come on. But I think Bomber will do that. And I could be totally wrong. I think he'll do that. And I think people are already talking to him about that. You can stay in the number two market and you move somewhere else, or you'll even go up north where you're from. One of the two. Do, do one of the two. But don't stay there at the Staples Center. Move because along, I believe, because like, you got to admit, how much does it cost to sit at the courtside for a Laker game versus the Clippers? It's a major difference. Oh yeah, and and it, and it always has been. It always has been. Absolutely, you're always going to be second fiddle. To, to, I mean, let me tell you something. They're the only NBA team in the in, in, to me the biggest market that shares a venue like that. Look at the Brooklyn Brooklyn. Look at Brooklyn Brooklyn Nets in in the, in the New York Knicks. I mean, you can say which one about the New York Jets, New York Giants. They play in New Jersey, but you know the NFL taps is the number one. They don't even play in the number one market. They play in New Jersey. But they say that's the number one market. And I've been in the Meadowlands. That's number swamp water out there. <laughs> There's nothing like the number two market, I'm telling you. Right. But you shouldn't be the second two you shouldn't be the second fiddle in the number two market. 
Real quick, AD. Last thing. Uh, well, let's 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 go one one series uh, further. Uh, you know, the Clippers lost, so uh, the, the Rockets are playing the uh, the Kings. And uh, you know, what, what do you what do you think? What do you think about this series here? This, I mean, you know, that Steph Curry kid looks really good, and uh, of course, hey man, uh, Steph Curry, Steph, Steph Curry is a monster. Yeah. I'm gonna call him and Clay Thompson. The high yellow strikers, boy, I'm telling you. I mean, they, I mean, those are the snipers there. I'm telling you, those guys. And I frankly think the public wants to see a Golden State-Cleveland series. That's what everybody wants to see. The two backcourt kings and LeBron James and his crew going at it. East Coast, West Coast. That's what they want to see. And they don't want to see a Houston-Cleveland thing or Atlanta. They want to see a Golden State-Cleveland thing. And the Golden State guys and Steve Kerr is doing a great job. Doing a great job. Unbelievable. I think they, I mean, that's going to be the team to deal with here in the West. Well, I, me, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't count the Rockets out yet because Harden, Harden was, what, the no, number two scorer in the league this year? Well, I get that, but, but I'm, I get all that. But, I, but I'm, I'm telling I'm, the reason why I'm saying that now, if Dwight, if, Dwight, if, if Howard can't come back, Rob Benedict's knee. I don't see them winning. Unless they do something, pull something out of the hat. Right. I don't see it going. I don't see it going on because those are key injuries. That's a key injury, Howard. Right. That, that, that's my thoughts on it. I mean, Harden, Harden's a beast, but Harden can't do it alone. You got to remember, if you watched the game last night. You, you had contributions from everybody, and that's what's going to take for them to go to go into the finals and win the final. You got Steph Curry and Clay, but let me tell you something: it's going to take a whole team to win this championship. Like I've always said, individuals get their, their own uh, own mm-hmm. individual accomplishment, but teams win championships. And you got to you have, you have to be contributions from everybody. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I, uh, I, I, it'd be interesting to see how this how this series turns out. Um, and even in the Cleveland series, I, I'm not sure Cleveland's going to get out of this series, but well, we'll see. Um, but and, and see who ends up in the finals, and, and see if it's going to be worth well, watching. We'll, we'll <laughs> see, but I think, but, but we'll see. But I think the general public, I think the general public nationally wants to see that see that that NBA title because we don't have those, we, that, that, that NBA run in the finals. Like I think the public wants to see Golden State and Cleveland because we don't have the traditional teams always there. L.A., Boston, Chicago, Miami, San Antonio. Those teams are not in it. It's, it's two new faces. And you got an old face that's been to the final like LeBron James, but you got two snipers there on the West Coast who's replaced the Clippers and the Lakers. So this is a whole new game. So people want to see that. They want to see the split that Splash Brothers <laughs> versus, versus the Kings. <laughs> Well, AD, as always, it's, it's it's a pleasure to have a chance to chat with you and, and discuss some of these things, and and uh, we're going to solve these problems in uh, in all in all of sports, man. We'll get it all figured out. I understand. Thank you. <laughs> all right, brother. We'll talk to you next Take week. Care. And that was the great Anthony Davis. We're going to take a quick break. T Bone's in the house. Hey. We're going to take a quick break. Come back and uh, do some brewski tasting. You're listening to Swoops Road on the Talk Story Radio Network. This is, where are we at, Peter? Where, where did we end up last? Pastor. Oh, oh yeah, okay. This is James today. This is Rise Up. Got a nice little vibe and sing, you know? 
Mommy rough for that drum and bass, man. I'm 
Hi, this is Sugarland here for Rad, the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. Music is one of the most important things in our lives, but nothing is more important than life itself. Music lives, and so should you. Please plan ahead. Designate before you celebrate. Friends don't let friends drive drunk. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. For a little ride. Now you can share the topics that drive the discussions of your favorite talk shows with TalkStream Live's topic-driven talk radio. We gotta talk. Let's take a drive. List and promote real-time talk radio topics or post the topics that you want to hear. Hot topics are tweeted and retweeted and include simple click-to-listen audio links. The future of talk radio is topic-driven talk radio. Well, that's what I call real drive. Available now at TalkStreamLive.com. Talk Story Radio. This is Raspin Stewart. You're listening to Swoop's World. We started out so innocently. We learned to take what we need. Forgive us for our greed. Let's dance. We smoke the hookah and dance. And welcome back to Swoops. We're on the Talk Story Radio Network. Just a couple minutes shy of Brewski's beer tasting and about uh, 9.15, Jack Nunn will be on. But T-Bone's in the house. What's up, brother? Hey. Oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> beautiful day here in the studio. Yeah, man. Uh, good week so far? It has been a good week so far. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah man. Picked up, picked up my suit today. Picked up all the ties. Ordered a few last-minute goodies off the Amazon. More flasks, you know. <laughs> Gotta have those. So, it's been a good week. That's right, man. I haven't really been working very hard, per se. <laughs> you know, I guess that's not unusual. Get your, uh, get your, uh, get your uh, nuptials down and everything, man? Oh, I'm going to have an index card. Cue cards, man. You've done your whole, uh, what do you call them, rehearsals and That's that, uh, Friday. Oh, okay. All, right. all that's going to be on Friday, so then... Saturday's game day. Yeah, man. We'll do a quick walkthrough on Friday. Make sure we know our assignments. And it's go time. Speaking of go time, drink some beer. It's time for Brewski's, our beer tasting segment right here at Swoops World Late Night, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. So grab yourself a glass, pour yourself a brew, and join us right now for Brewski's, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. Well, happy Wednesday, and welcome to the most important part of the show, the part where we officially drink beer, not like the other parts where we unofficially drink beer. Tonight we're drinking, I, I got a, a T-Bone maybe had a bit of this one as well, but we're drinking uh, a local favorite, Beechwood is the brewery, and we are drinking their Amalgamator, which is, uh, I'm, I'm just going to jump right in, I mean this is awesome stuff, you guys are going to like this I think if you haven't already had it. I am going to read what they have to say about it, and then after that... Uh, our guest tonight is going to kick us off with what he thinks. So uh, no, no, no tasting yet. We all taste at the same time. But here we go. Amalgamator is a West Coast IPA ale that bur- that's bursting with unique aromas and flavors. This bold IPA is kettle hopped with Amarillo, Warrior, Columbus, and Mosaic, a new American variety. A massive dry hop charge of Mosaic lays down an amalgam of passion fruit, blueberry, dank resin, and citrus aroma. So, uh, there you have it. That's what they have to say about it. Uh, 
I saw the percentage. 7.1% by uh, volume on the alcohol there, so which is a good thing. And uh, these guys do a whole Beachwood does a whole range of really good beers, but I think they excel at the hoppy stuff. And so I've, I've always been very happy. And they have great food, and they're they're local, so I'm gonna pump them up. And they've been guests on the show as well. Yes, um, indeed. So anyhow, really great beer, uh, a great brewery, I should say. And uh, here we are. We're gonna taste it up. Right. Salute. Salute. Bam. Oh, yeah. Jack, tell us what you think. No, 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 no numbers yet. No numbers yet. Oh, what I think. Uh, it's, it's just your uh, really solid, good summer beer. I would say a good, uh, like, Hefeweizen kind of taste, but uh, unique in its own right. Pretty smooth. A little hoppy. Um, I don't know. That's all I think. I'm not a big beer drinker, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what we wanted. Right on. T-Bone. Well, this, uh, it's a very appropriate name, I think, for this one, because there, there's not one single distinct flavor that really dominates the discussion um, you, you kind of get a little a little bit of all those different hop notes up in this one so it's it's a fantastic beer I mean I yeah. I've had this one in the in the restaurant there on a few occasions and it's it's good stuff man I dig I dig everything that they do over there yeah, I, 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 they uh, they do a fine job over there, and I've got a couple empty growlers to to prove that. Um, but uh, this is a, this is a very very good beer, very very tasty. Uh, and it's IPA. It's got some good hop good hop flavors, and uh, it's got a little punch. I like it. I like it a lot. It, it's kind of, it's right up there. Uh, so I can drink this a lot. Yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely. Mm. Uh, I do like the, the the balance between the dank and the the resin and. Uh, a lot of times they go one way or the other, and you get overwhelmed. I thought, like, there's enough of both, but as T-Bone said, some of those other flavors come through. It's a very well-balanced IPA. Uh, and as Jack said, this is a good summer beer, man. I could. This is a beer I could drink until I passed out. Uh, <laughs> this is a good one. I, I, I really like this one. So, uh, And it's a local. So yes. we, we always, we're all, always big fans of local. So there you go. My local shop local. Drink local. Yeah. On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being best, Jack? Uh, solid, uh, let me give it a, let me give it an 8. Okay. Yeah. T-Bone? Um, I'm at an 8.5. Yeah, I'm with you there. This is a good solid 8.5 for me. Yeah, and that's, that's my number as well, 8.5. Solid, solid beer. Nice. All right. 8 and 3 eighths. Yeah, that'll work. Peter, uh, besides, uh, I guess, the barbecue, what else are we eating with this? Well, as Jack said, this is a drink-all-day beer, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, It's it's a standalone, uh, but uh, if you're going to pair it up with some food, uh, this, uh, you know, summer beer, I I think this would be a great beer to drink, nice warm day, you know, roast up your corn, you know, over the fire with your carne asada. That sort of thing. This is going to go nicely with. It's a little heavy for that, perhaps, but uh, still, it'll, it'll do well. Um, if you want to go a bit more, like sit down and mellow, you could do uh, 
ton of uh, ton of meat to go with this. I think uh, you know, um, tri-tip, smoked, and and all that prime rib if it's uh, that time of the year. Uh, so this is a big beer that needs some big food, some big flavors uh, to go with it. It's gonna wash out all your wimpy salads and stuff like that. And it's not put out the fire kind of stuff. This is not the beer you drink when you you've made something so blistering hot. <laughs> this is not that beer because um, this will just—it's got enough spiciness, enough hops. It'll just add to the flame. So don't don't do that. Um, but you know. Big, heavy, hearty flavors. If it were cooler, or even well, chili. Chili's a good summer thing. This would go with some of your chilies. But again, not the fiery chilies. Right. More the hearty, the hearty. type of thing. So uh, there you go. That's, uh, and with uh, Memorial Day coming up, this will go with most of your barbecue. Big, greasy bacon burger with cheddar on top. <laughs> this will go with that. So uh, think along those lines. That's the bill. Anything to add to it? Going to be ostrich with this or... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> hey man, when in, when you got critters, you gotta eat them. <laughs> God didn't want us to eat animals; he wouldn't have made them out of meat. <laughs> and he wouldn't give you teeth. <laughs> <laughs> made them so tasty. <laughs> there you have another edition of Brisky, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. That's Brisky, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. Go there, join the Beer of the Month Club. And we'll send you a box of beer each week, containing twelve bottles. Four different breweries, three beers a piece. <laughs> and when you do that, you help out the show. So uh, we are uh, we got we got uh, Jack Nunn sitting over here. We're going to get ready to uh, get, have a chance to chat with him, but uh, we're going to take care of a few things. How about a little bit of audible.com, man? Audible.com. Uh, if you go to audibletrial.com forward slash swoopsworld. You will uh, you'll be taken to a place where you can uh, get your first download, your first Audible book for free, courtesy of Seuss World. Uh, and you will, uh, there's 250,000 titles. There's probably like half of those are, are sniper titles, I think, right? <laughs> <laughs> if you looked at my playlist, you'd think so. Not to I've been into re- listening to a lot of uh, uh, science fiction stuff as I do those tedious tasks of, uh, you know, folding laundry or... Uh, I actually went on a run today. My, my leg was better, and uh, I was able to go on a run, listen to that, tune out, just listen to something. When you're uh, on the plane, in the car, lots of great opportunities. So check it out. AudibleTrial.com forward slash Soup's World. Hanging with relatives. Yeah, hanging with, uh, you know, undesirables. Uh, and your first, if you go that route, your first download is free, and the show will earn a few pennies. So help us out. DraftKings, man. DraftKings is where you've got to be if you want to get in the fantasy sports game, but you like to uh, do it Etch-A-Sketch style. (laughs) Make your picks, let it sit for a minute, and then shake it up and start over. The great thing about it, you get to do a new draft every day, every week, however often you damn well please. And that will probably increase the odds for most of us because... I mean, let's face it, you probably aren't that good at drafting. No offense, but go practice on DraftKings.com, and you can actually win some money while you're at it. Especially if you go to SwoopsWorld.com slash DraftKings, you can get a free entry into a big money giveaway. Fantasy baseball, fantasy basketball is on the tail end right now, but uh, oh my, there's fantasy football. There is, uh, I believe they've got (laughs) hockey going as well. Um... There is the the European soccer variety as well. So 
If you like a sport, they probably have friggin' fancy NASCAR at this point. What if they had the, uh, the tour? Right? <laughs> what about curling? But, ooh, now that. I could get behind that. Because <laughs> I still wouldn't have much of an idea what's going on. But hey. Just Check like, it out. Like SwoopGirl.com <laughs> slash DraftKings. It's like a March Madness. Show. That's right. Oh, for all your fitness needs, go see our good friend Jack Nunn, who happens to be sitting in here right now over at Rowworks. Hey, Jack. Uh, he's got indoor rowing, boot camp, personal training, and much, much more. He also specializes in triathletes. Check him out over at the Boathouse, 5750 Boathouse Lane here in Long Beach, or you can go to www.rowrx.com or give him a call at 562-688-1716. Let him know that Swoops Girl sent you. Your first week is free. Jack, we got to get you uh, rearranged here, so we should take a quick break and come back and uh, introduce Jack uh, properly and get things rolling. This is Fireside with Phil and Tony, and this is called Hung Like a Horse. You're listening to Swoops Road on the Talk Story Radio Network. Back after this. blood pressure is serious and if you think i'm just gonna keep ticking away you're wrong i can quit whenever i want but i like my job just treat me better maybe we can do some exercise on occasion after all we're in this together don't let your heart quit on you high blood pressure can lead to a stroke heart attack or death get yours to a healthy range before it's too late find out how at heart.org bloodpressure 
A message from the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Let TalkStream Live transform the way you listen to radio. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Hey, this is John Gannon, and I just had the greatest time on Swoop's World here. We'd like to welcome to the show, the return to our show, uh, fitness expert, triathlete, and uh, champion rower, uh, Jack Nunn. Back to the show. How you doing, man? Good. How are you? Good, good. It's always glad to have you in, in here and uh, get a chance to chat with you. Yeah, yeah. How have things been going? Good. Just, uh, just <laughs> keeping things interesting. Um, my schedule's pretty crazy. I think I'm racing. I think I've been racing every weekend, and I don't know. Uh, this year has been an interesting year. I just kind of... Uh, I don't know if you call it a snap or something happened, but I just feel like uh, just to keep things interesting throughout the year, just to do an event every weekend almost, you know. Um, I did pick up a few sponsors, so uh, that's been really interesting, cool, and just meeting a lot of cool people in different sports. And I just love to love to compete and get out there. Yeah. And you're, and you're training people too, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah, training people, helping uh, people out with uh, triathlons, uh you know, first timers, um, all the way up to people who are just trying to get faster in different disciplines, especially the bike, uh, a little bit of the run. I, st- I still personally need to work on my swimming. Um, but yeah, just working on, um, training and also unconventional training. Like I always have been with rowing, uh, telling people how they can train for different things, not only just triathlons, but also running faster, uh, cycling faster, swimming faster, um, being able to go on hikes uh, without, you know, being out of breath uh, with with rowing. So um, unconventional training, meaning rowing, full body workout. And I think it's becoming more, the timing is hitting pretty, pretty good because a lot of other gyms are now using the rowing machine more. People are becoming more familiar with it. Um, it's just getting that technique down um, for people to, to understand. Right. Yeah. Do you find that you find that uh, when you introduce the the rowing aspect to people you're training, it's something I know. Like you said, a lot of gyms are using it now, so it's becoming more widespread. But do they kind of in- initially go, "Well, how's this going to help me with, with yeah, my sport?" Yeah, it's it's a, definitely a patience thing, yeah. and it's hard because uh, when people first come in, they don't feel it. And uh, I try and associate with other sports and tell them, "Hey, listen." Um, you know, when you first took your first swimming lesson, did you get it? Your, you know, and you have to think way, way back, but or maybe tennis, you know, or golf, especially. You have to look at it as a technical thing, and um, I think people are so used to having the machine work them. So this is something where, if you take the time to understand the exercise, 
um, you work the machine. The more you put into the workout is the more you're going to get out of it. So, you know, I just try and tell people to really be patient with the workout and understand, um, you know, the motion and the system and, and, and how it works and um, because the reward is huge. And, you know, so. The interesting thing about the ERG I, I found uh, is, is when you first start on it and you're not doing anything right, but you're, you're going through the motions, you, you know, you go, this is easy. There's really you're nothing. There's nothing to it. Yeah, you want to go up and down a slide. Yeah, yeah. You're like, well, how is this so tough? And, you're, you know, I, I don't know if I'm getting anything out of it. But then once you learn how to do it properly, it, I mean, then you really seriously kicks your ass. Yeah. And and I think that I, I, that's probably something that's really have to, hard to explain, especially, I mean, at your gym, when you bring new people in who just want to row for the first time and they just want to get active. I, I think I've seen people at times go, I, I don't really feel it like it seems I'm... like you should be like riding your bike. Just spin your legs. <laughs> yeah. Spin your legs. <laughs> there yeah. you go. There's more to it than that. Yeah. Once you learn how to push off and pull properly and, 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 and you know, you're working. I mean, and then it's a workout. Yeah. 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 And I tell, I tell people at the class lately in the last few months, I've been telling people, Hey, listen, you know, if you feel out of shape, if you feel out of breath, you're not, it's not only you. Look, look I'm out, of, if it makes you feel any better, I'm out of breath. I'm dying up here. And That's, I've been doing, you know. You and, talk and, the whole time. Yeah, I, know, <laughs> I do. But I tell them, that actually, some people, a lot of people are, yeah, actually, it does make you feel better, you know. But, uh, but it is. It's like, it's a crazy workout. And you shouldn't feel like, oh, I'm out of shape or I'm dying here. You should feel like, hey, this is getting me a huge workout in in less time or the same amount of time you're getting almost double the workout as you are doing cycling or running and not to bag on you know any other sport but it is it's true it's you know if you're doing it right you can burn 50 percent more calories doing you know rowing but you you know you got to be doing it right you got to learn the technique so so you know the benefits of that are huge you know to cross over to like I said, triathlon, you know, um, I just raced uh, a couple weeks ago at the L.A. Triathlon Championship Series up in Benelli Park, and it's a three-race series over the summer. Um, they have a race Wait, in... Um, Benelli Park's in Orange County. Uh, uh, no, it's up San Dimas. Oh, oh right yeah, near yeah, yeah, uh, Water Park. I think about, um, about O'Neill. Yeah. But it's, but it's, a, it's a series. It's actually the oldest triathlon in the United States. Um, which I didn't know. I think it's been going on for 35 years. But anyways, I did the first, uh, my first ever series, which is all three races. And the last race, the last race was the Olympic distance. It gets farther every time. And I actually won the bike. Like I, the overall uh, bike portion, Mm -hmm. I was first. (laughs) And there was pros in this race. And I beat them. And I don't cycle. I mean, I'm a rower, you know? So to get that across people, and the same thing, I raced Apollo Ono in Carlsbad um, last year, and Apollo Ono is a speed skater, right? Well, say, you say, well, race me in the ice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, had a, I had a chip on my shoulder, actually, before the race. I knew he was going to be fast on the bike because his legs are freaking, you know, he's yeah. a 10-time, Jack whatever, Fox, Olympic yeah. medalist. And, uh, and I was like, okay. Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go after it on the bike. I'm gonna try and get this guy. And uh, and I I was bummed because afterwards I found out I was uh, I think I was like fifth or it was really competitive that one. That, that's a, but anyways I was like fifth or something on the bike and I was thirty seconds behind him. So I was like, damn it, because that's like you know the rowing against the speed skating. You know? So um, but you know I mean my buddy was like, dude, he's a ten time Olympic gold medalist. What the hell? I'm like. Well, you know. <laughs> so, anyways, but it's it's a crazy. The the bottom line is is 
you know, through a lifetime of, you know, doing different sports, the rowing is really like the top echelon in my opinion. I mean, running a marathon is really tough. Doing an Ironman is, is tough. It's just, it's different, but it's, you know, rowing is like where you feel the most pain and going through that pain, anything else was really easy kind of, you know? So you start with that and you kind of go work down from it. So you use that, you know? So at the end of a race, when you're feeling pain, I could push through that, you know, sort of thing. So it's an advantage, I guess. What's interesting to me is, is you know, I thought of triathlons, maybe because the ones I watched on television are generally the Ironman. Uh, but they're not all the same distances, huh? I mean, when you see it, it's, it, it's always the three different the three different modalities, but it's not always the same distances because you, 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 when you watch the Ironman, it was there was a 112 mile bike ride yeah. uh, and a full marathon on the on the run, I believe, and then this two mile swim. Yeah. But then you you hear about some of these other ones where it's like a one mile swim and a 12 mile bike or 12 mile run or whatever bike ride or whatever it's yeah like. so it goes it goes sprint um which is like usually it, it varies but it's uh usually like a 500 meter 700 meter swim followed by a, a 12 mile bike and then a three mile run right that's about an hour yeah it's a sprint it's about an hour it's intense but the thing with the sprint is you got to go super hard because it's super short right and then the olympic is twice the distance of a sprint and then the half Ironman is twice the distance of the Olympic. And then the full Ironman is twice the distance of the <laughs> half. And then they have what's called um, an Ultraman, Ultraman, which is kind of, uh, in my opinion, just like, okay, when do you stop? <laughs> you know, uh, Ultraman is twice the distance of a full Ironman. And it's over three days. So you bike like 200 and something miles. I mean, it's crazy. So you have your own support team, and I don't know. There's not much media about that because not many people do it. It's uh, you know, but but the um, but yeah. So that's the deal, and you know, it's 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 cool. It's an adventure. It's uh, I don't know. Um, it's something that I've always wanted to do. Besides doing the Olympics, I didn't make the Olympic team. I tried and my other dream was to to do triathlons and now i'm addicted so yeah but you know i'm still a rower my identity my, my identity is the athlete but i love spreading the word of rowing through a triathlon through other things right. and then hence getting people to come into row works in long beach and getting people more familiar with our history we have a huge history here you know in southern california with rowing um with our sport and I have a passion for it. And of course my dad, you know, growing up with him, he's dubbed the like godfather of rowing um, <laughs> because, you know, he's one of the few athletes, Olympic athletes, that's Olympic bronze medalist, but also an Olympic coach. So, which is rare. Yeah. Um, you know, you find a lot of Olympic athletes around here, but not many that are coaches as well. It's um, a, so. you, you made a good point. It's amazing since I met you. And uh, how many Olympic athletes I've met. I mean, they're, they're, they're all over the place, man. <laughs> we have, I was surprised. We have the most concentrated um, in Southern California, yeah. the most concentrated uh, Olympic athletes um, in a area in the world. Yeah. I think that's something like uh, 5,000 that live in um, Southern, Southern California. I, I can't, I don't want to quote on that, but there's a lot. Yeah. Like, and that's super cool. It also kind of makes it a little bit watered down 
because people are like, oh, another Olympic. <laughs> I'm like, you know, when you go to like Switzerland or something like that and you meet like one guy, I remember there was a guy, a uh, rowing idol of mine named Zeno Mueller, and he does rowing. He was an Olympic gold medalist, uh, the first uh, in Switzerland. Everyone knew him. Like, Everybody, you know, and then he comes here and he's like, "Hey, I'm an Olympic gold medalist," and everyone's like, "Yes, yeah, so." <laughs> you know? So I'm like, uh, "Some shit, some shit." Yeah, I feel kind of bad, you know, but it's the truth. It's like, but it's crazy. It's like we have, we really do. We have, we have it all here. It's 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 a pretty incredible place to live. It's pretty and very uh, amazing place to to train. Um, we have some of the best athletes in the world training here. We have multiple Olympic training centers. And um, and then Long Beach. I mean, shoot, you get to r- work out with views in the water of the water in Marine Stadium. We have views of the sunsets while you row and work out at Row Works. And um, and then we have to the side we have uh, you know Joan and John Van Blum. Um, between the two of them, six Olympics. So I point. Over while I'm teaching class, I'm like, by the way, we have Hall of Fame Olympians uh, to your right, you know, and you know, and then I have an Olympic flag signed by Louis Zamperini. I'm like, there's Louis, you know, signature. I mean, we have all these connections. It's incredible. Angela, so, Angela comes through there. Yeah, Angela, Angela, yeah, Angela Madsen, who's uh, got ten Guinness Book of World Records, and um, so two or three Olympic, yeah, shot put, um, Olympic rower, and. So not only, you know, when you come to class, not only do you get a workout, you get a lot of stories, and people will say that about me, I'll tell a lot of stories, but you get a lot of history lessons, you get uh, Marine Stadium's a historical site, Um, you know, it's the site of the 1932 LA Olympics, Um, so it's it's just, it's an incredible venue, Yeah. That's where uh, Angela launched from when she rode to Hawaii. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> or in the uh, Tara, right? Tara? Tara, yeah. yeah. They were here uh, a while back. So when you, uh, you know, what can people expect? Of, uh, somebody who, uh, well, we'll break it down. Somebody who just wants to come in, take some uh, some rowing classes for fitness. Uh, what can they expect if they show up at Rowworks? Yeah, I mean, you could expect an amazing view, first of all. Like I said, I mean, we were steps in the water. Um, we even have like sea lions and, and dolphins pop up and be like, Oh yeah, there's some wild life. You know? <laughs> and, uh, I make jokes. I'm like, by the way, the views, uh, no charge, you know, <laughs> so the sunsets, but, um, but no, I mean, you can expect just a great venue as the, the facility is only about five or six years old, you know, as far as the add on, we did a remodel of the boathouse and, um, you know, all the instructors are, are, you know, Olymp- uh, national team, also collegiate rowers who rowed in college, who are very, um, you know, into what they do and who are bona fide just rowers. And so you'll get proper instruction um, and what to expect from the class and a full on technique rundown. And then we use weights and we do boot camp and we do have a yoga class. Um, and the schedule's all online. But you can just expect a great experience. Uh, we have great camaraderie between everybody. Everyone helps each other out. We have a great uh, membership base where people have been there for, I don't know, we have some members who've been there for six years. And they some people come every day. Yeah. And we have, you know, people who have lost 50 pounds up to uh, o- 
over a hundred pounds, you know, within, you know, a certain time. But again, it's, it's a, it's, it's a patience thing. You have to work with it just like anything, you know, it's not going to happen fast. You got to take the time to, to, to do it. You combine, you combine uh, other things. I mean, on and off the erg, I mean, it's from some weights involved and some, uh, squats and things like that could talk about that a little bit about how how that program yeah so it's it's becoming more well known now it's not anything new but people are becoming more and more um known about the hit workouts the high interval um high intensity interval training so you know there's studies that say like you know do you work out consistently for an hour at this pace or do you do intervals high hard and then back off high hard and then back off so that's what we do in, in rowing classes so we do lots of intervals and then we mix it in with squats and some weights and we uh we even get on mats and do um ab workouts core stuff so you're not really rowing the entire time i think people get this notion that we just row and i'm like no 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 i did that in college and national team we won't do that here because you probably won't come back so we do a lot of interval training and um and some speed work and um, also teach stroke rate and, and power watts, um, how to push off your legs, just basic stuff. And then we kind of work with you. And, and everyone's at different levels. So, like, again, I said, uh, the better that your technique gets, the more you can put into it. So that's How many people are usually in each class? Uh, average right now, I mean, we have about an average of 15, and we can hold about 25 up to even, thir- I've had 30, but we've, we've never really turned away anybody. So, I mean, it's about half capacity right now. I mean, we have lots of machines, a lot of rooms. So. Nothing like this. When, when, the, when the class is totally in sync, it sounds great. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just sounds Yeah, great. they're all wind, you know, the concept mm-hmm. too, they're all wind driven. Mm-hmm. So you get this kind of roar in the class, yeah. and it, it, it kind of gives me, uh, a sense of when I was on a team because that's how we practice. We practice in the same, essentially the same stroke rate, yeah. and it kind of gives you chills. It gives me chills a little bit because it makes me think of a, like a team aspect, and you're working together, and it's a cool feeling. Yeah. So. How do you uh, decide the workouts? I mean, you, you kind of have an idea. On, yeah, that's a good on, question. Your, on your drive in, or <laughs> yeah, I do actually. On my drive in, I kind of think about uh, this would be fun. Um, I have a pretty much like three standard workouts that I jump from. Um, they're all timed. I try and stay away from meters because everyone's you know finishes at different times with distances. So I try and do all timed workouts. You know whether it's thirty seconds on, thirty seconds off. Uh, minute 30 on 20 seconds off with a little rest and be in the middle or a pyramid workout um, and I usually start up with a long warm-up you stretch the cool thing about rowing is that you actually stretch while you're rowing so it's kind of like a people have kind of associated with uh, Pilates or yoga you know yoga a little bit where you're stretching and you're working at the same time a little bit so and it's an amazing workout for your joints, for your knees, for your back. We've had people with fused spines row. I mean, it's not bad for your back at all. It strengthens your back. It strengthens everything and with minimal, no, virtually no impact. So I've had two knee surgeries. So when I tell people that, they're like, well, and I, sometimes when I say that, I'm like, yeah, I should probably take it easy. But, <laughs> but uh, I mean, minor, but still, I've had two knee surgeries on my on my left knee, and Rowing has really gotten the strength 
back into it without too much. I, I, I don't run very much. I cycle a lot. I row a lot. I run. It's pretty embarrassing to say. I probably run on average like uh, maybe 12 miles a week, 15. God, that's just that's about 12 or 15 more than we do. Compared to guys, okay, so compared to like the same times, like guys were running like 30, 40 mile weeks, right? My dad would run like 40, 50 mile weeks. I mean, it was crazy. And he's 6'6", 230. He has no business run. I have no business running either. But there's no, there's now like technology now with the shoes and the compression socks and all this stuff that's out now that is great for impact, you know. So it helps with all that. Stuff. So those compression socks are really, they really serve a purpose. Oh yeah, they look goofy. It's all hell. They look goofy, and people are like, really, does it work? And there is some, you know, there's been some studies about it, like. Uh, people say, oh, it's just a mental thing. No, it works. For me, it works. Like, for bigger people, I think, with that impact, um, I feel it. So I actually went out for a run without them one time, and I was sore for four to five days. Whereas if I wear them, I'm sore, like, maybe one day. It makes a difference, for sure. For me. Yeah. You got to have them. The thing is, I think people don't get them that tight. You got to have them real tight. Like, real tight. Like, they got to, it's like... Just staying in place, but um, you cycle in them too. I, I saw you. I saw you riding one day. Yeah, but that's just recovery stuff. That's probably <laughs> because I came from a race, <laughs> yeah. or I came from a run. But I, I don't cycle. I use them during uh, competitions because uh, I'll just leave them on. So I'll wear them under my wetsuit, uh-huh. which I don't know if that's legal for pros. Um, I'm not a pro, but in Ironman. I wear I wear the, all the compression stuff under my wetsuit, and then I have it on for the bike, so I'm not spending to time to put it on. Yeah. And then on the run, that's where you really need it. Uh, but yeah, there's compression sleeves for your upper body, and I use Compressor Sport. Now I'm gonna name drop, so maybe I can pick up a sponsor this way. Um, Compressor Sport, which is a Swiss company, um, they're in my opinion the best. And then um, there's a lot out there, and then um, of course. Now, you know, I, for nutrition, I use, you know, the Juice Plus, uh, still going strong with that. Um, that's, I never get sick. I have high energy all the time. I sleep better. Everything is better. Uh, the protein that they have, the bars um, with Juice Plus. And then I use, uh, I picked up another sponsor, Invigorade, this year from Hermosa Beach. They're local. Uh, you can get the Invigorade sports drinks at Fresh and Easy and also, uh, Gelson's, I think, and Bristol Farms. So they're they're exploding, and they're they're a great company and great people. Uh, Dan Morad's the president, and he's such a good guy. And um, so I, I raced with their kit this year, and I saw it. Yeah. yeah. So and then um, I also picked up Rudy Project, who is a uh, sunglasses, um, and they worked a lot with rowing in the past, uh, but now they're just exploding. They're huge. Uh, they're 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 Italian, but they're like Oakley, but um, but in my opinion, they're just a solid company. They're more approachable. I, 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 I originally, I immediately went to some guy I trying to play football for Notre Dame. <laughs> you two are the only ones that I, uh, in here I believe that have done the erg and on on the, on the ocean uh, on the ocean water. Is there? Is that a tough transition? Is it is it, is, it, is it a big difference? I know that you train on the erg. But then you actually compete on the water. But um, you know when you're doing crew or whatever you call it, 
the crew, right? Yeah. Um, is there a big difference? There's a big difference. Yeah. Because the ERG, the ERG has, there's very little balance involved because the ERG is stationary and it's built to not rock, right? I mean, uh, and the moment you add, like, waves and wind and... Multiple people. And multiple people. <laughs> I mean, it just... You could be the most awesome guy on the ERG, and you get out there with seven other people who don't know what they're doing, uh, uh, and it doesn't matter. Or, or if your technique, what works for the ERG, like, might not necessarily... You get in the boat, and you're like, you're the problem. And you're like, your timing is off. You can't follow the stroke. You know, it's like... So, yeah, it's a huge huge difference it's so it's, it's strictly a training tool it's a whole nother animal yeah being in the boat i tell people because a lot of people want to not a lot but some people are interested in getting on the water i'm like okay just so you know <laughs> i mean it's a whole process you have to take lessons you know it's not as easy as it looks yeah. and uh so but that being said the rowing machine actually uh is quite from an eight boat um i think it's a a, a harder workout um, oh yeah. yeah, I agree 100 percent with you. Yeah, harder workouts. We so. hated working on the ergs. We were like, no, no, yeah. let's go four hours on the water <laughs> yeah. rather than it's one much, hour on the ergs. It's much lighter <laughs> in the eight, and you can hide kind and, of. You know? Well, and there's also a certain joy. There's yeah. a certain joy in being on the boat. That's true. Like yeah. it's like a sort of like we're out here. We're, we're you're on the water. I yeah. mean, like it's a huge difference that way. Yeah. Uh, it's the, in that way. It's sort of like the difference between like rollers for your 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 bike right oh yeah going ah, out yeah. on a bike ride yeah. yeah you might end up working just as hard one way or the other but motion and the wind and oh yeah. look at that chick and you know like all of that rolls into it well same thing when you're on the when you're actually on the boat it's like like i can just remember times where i'm just like everything hurts like my heart hurts i think i'm dying <laughs> and the sun is just now risen and you're like Awesome. And you don't quite, that's that's the downside of the ERG. You don't get that. Yeah. But you do get a much, I think, you hit it. You get the it, ERG yeah. is a much more intense, much more focused. Yeah. Because uh, you might spend. It's as hard. The ERG, I, I relate to single and being in by yeah. yourself. So the, that's as hard. It's as he, it's heavy and, it's, and it's, a, it's a good workout. So in college, I'll, I'll ask college athletes now. Or national team, I'll, I'll ask them how many, how much percentage workouts do you guys train on the machine and on the water, and they say fifty fifty. Some will even say 60 percent on the rowing machine, forty percent on the water, even if they live in California, even if they can row, because that's how important the rowing machine is for fitness. Yeah. Now, not that being said, you know, you yeah, it, it's funny because we have a lot of people that have you know, crossed over into rowing on the water, but they are like, Oh, I grad, I hear this. I graduated from the machine. I'm like, no, no, no. And I'll, uh, that's like, that'll set me off. I'm like, no, 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 no. You never graduate from the rowing machine ever. And so, um, and the cool thing about with our program though, is that you have these huge windows. So when you're rowing, you kind of do feel like you're outside a bit. So you get a little bit of that, feeling yeah. you know with the class the energy it's not quite it's different it's not quite the same, but, it, but it's for that. Yeah. there's there there is something to be said about that so you get views and you still get the sunsets and on the water and that's why it, it honestly people will come like they're like i don't even they're like i'm not coming for you jack i'm coming for the, you know, <laughs> the sunset you know I, so, well, so I, yeah. I, i'm not gonna lie there's been times i've just zoned out looking out at the water i mean i'm staying up with what's going on yeah and uh 
you know, the other great thing about the ERG, though, is you get on there and, you know, if you're in the boat, and the fourth seat's a doofus, and he can't get his shit to right, and you're just jerked all around. And, and you just like, had a wasted day out there. You just, yeah, yeah, you know, and you're on the ERG, you can go and say, okay, I've got 25 minutes. I've only got 25 minutes, and I'm going to make, I'm just going to have this awesome 25 minutes, or I've got an hour, or whatever, whatever you got, like... That's the beauty of the earth is yeah, that you, you get you, on and go. You get yeah. on and just it's pure. It's just pure that workout. And and so that way it's it's a great it's a great and it's, you know, it's, yeah. it's interesting because I you know and I have taken Jack's classes and uh, you know we do the things we do and everything and, and it's a it's a great workout. I was watching the dogs for you one time and I decided, you know what, I'm just gonna go out there and I'm gonna roll five thousand meters. <laughs> Oh my god! It just, I just, I, it seems like I looked at the thing, you know, start off at five thousand. Seems like an hour later, I looked at it, it was at like forty five hundred. Yeah. I mean, it, it seemed like it was. Yeah. I seemed like it took forever, forever to get to to get. And I mean, well, I, that's that's I, the other thing I I try and tell people. I'm like the group the the group aspect. You know, working out with a group is so important, or even working out with another friend. Yeah. If you do it by yourself. <laughs> It's not going to happen. You know, I mean, if you're really headstrong, it's a lot harder. harder. That's the whole reason I got into this business. I was training by myself, national team. I was doing these workouts. I had a coach. It was just me and the coach. And then a lot of times it was just me. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. You know, I can can barely do this, you know, right now. And then I can't, I just can't do it anymore. So I started teaching classes because it would force me not that I didn't want to, but it would it would just be a better workout in a group. And there is some like uh, human nature, like back in the four thousand, five thousand years ago when we first evolved. You know, with hunting and gathering and being in a group, you're actually more efficient. And there's something to be said about that, like a little bit of accountability, yeah, a little bit of <laughs> well, energy. Yeah, and, exactly. You get a better workout with a group. So when people say, oh, I'll do it on my own or I'll buy a machine, I'll, I'm like, mm, I don't want to be mean, but <laughs> you probably won't. And you probably, you need the group. You know, it's like a team. You need the team. And not to say there are a few people I know that have done it on their own, but it's like I can count on one hand. Yeah. Uh, one of them is my dad. My dad used to train. Um, I brought this up before. He used to race against ghosts, like in the Olympics. Uh, for training for the Olympics, so he, he'd pretend the Germans and the Russians and the and the Dutch were and the Italians were next to him, and he'd be alone on the water. And he'd be like, "I'm gonna beat them," you know. And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" You know? I was like, "If I'm racing just someone else and I'm losing, I'll stop." You know, like, I, I have to be ahead. You know, that's the difference between an Olympic medalist and me. You know, it's like, uh, that training is just ridiculous, and that's that takes so much discipline and so much. Um, Mental effort. Um, John Van, Van Blum and Joan are, are a couple others that train on their own, very headstrong um, and just amazing athletes. But a lot of us just, it's not bad. It's just we need that group energy, right. you know, to get you motivated, to get you on, to get you pumped, you know, to get, to get it going. You brought up a good point. Uh, I, I was listening to the discussion recently and, and uh, we were talking about elite athletes. Uh, elite athletes. CEOs, venture capitalists, and something, and it, and they all have this, this a similar gene, and that they are able to be that headstrong, set a goal, and achieve it most of the time with help of others, but on their own. 
Yeah. I mean, they have to have you know they have to be able to get up before before the sun rises and go on that long run, especially Olympic athletes because they're not getting paid and they're, they're doing this training. Some of them have regular jobs, and uh, you know, so they they have to find the time to to train that hard, uh, and then go through all the stages of you know winning winning the you know the nationals and this level and making the Olympic team and then going to compete. And they were just you know this, it was very very interesting. Uh, uh, thing I was listening to about that and just not everybody has that and not, not everybody wants that but the, those who do have it uh, and are successful with it and they just they just started naming these types of individuals end up being these you know you know elite athletes or you know CEOs or venture capitalists and all these types of things and then they have to have that that kind of thing well within them sure and the other thing I talk about too is um, is time you know, and not every, obviously time is very valuable with people, and they're like, oh, I don't have time to work out, you know. But I try and tell people, like, write it down, you know. Um, get get a schedule. Like, that's why I'm doing these events, I think, is because I have something every weekend. I love to compete. I think it has something to do with, in like, it has to go back to college and, and also national team. We only had so many events a year. Um, you only had, like, five races a year, right? And I love to compete all the time. And I think it goes back to that. But it also goes back to, hey, I'm doing this. I have to do it. I, I don't like running, but I got this half marathon coming up. I got to run or this 10K, and it forces me to do it. You know, just knowing that, hey, I paid the money. I set the time. I'm, I'm going to do it. And that's another reason why it makes things interesting every, every, every week. But with people coming to class, I try and tell them, like, if you want to get better at something, you got to spend the time. Yeah. Um, and in Ironman training iron, for Ironmans, my every Ironman I've done, I've gone faster. And yeah, from experience, from no, knowing what to expect, but also I put in more hours per week average, so I've gone faster. There's no way really around it. There's no way to cheat it. You just have to. And you know, you talk to the greats: Wayne Gretzky, Kobe Bryant. Michael Jordan, you know, all these guys spending 10,000, you know, millions of hours doing what they do over and over and over again. I just watched that Kobe Bryant's muse, and he talked about all the sacrifices and stuff like that. It's very interesting. It's also whatever. But, you know, uh, and then growing up being playing hockey, like all the greats, Wayne Gretzky, Mario Lemieux, Yager, you know, all these guys just, that's over and over and over again. That's all they did. You know? That's like so, that, that Bruce Lee quote or something. Somebody asked him, why do you make these thousands and thousands and thousands of kicks over and over and over? And he says, for the one time that I need to use it. Yeah. You know. <coughs> so. so, I mean, you know, we have a, it's, it's a great program, and um, I'm just trying to still build it. It has, it has way, room to go. I mean, like I said, we're probably about, like, half capacity, so you can just always keep growing, you know. I'm trying to and you, you also have boot camps, too, right? Yeah. What 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 are, what are the boot camps like? So boot camps, I I mainly focus on um, uh, body weight stuff, uh, more of uh, like you know doing working with your own body weight, a lot of um, uh, planks and wall sits and um, you know push ups and, and jump squats and burpees. You know you can do a lot with your own body weight. Yeah. So yeah, we do work with weights. Uh, and I'll I'll do like. Um, stations so uh, interval training again like a minute on here every 10 second switch you know to like eight or ten different uh, uh, 
stations doing different things, and we do that like three times. So I'll do that. Um, come you up still use those workouts. straps, those uh, TR? Yeah, TRX, uh, all the ski erg, which is a, like a cross-country ski machine, the, the rowing machine, the, you know, different weights. Uh, we have kettlebells. Um, so it's it's just a like a boot camp, um, um, different different styles of workouts. And how does that work within your gym? Is is is, is boot camp covered in the rowing, or is that is that a separate separate? Side yeah. So if you get a membership, uh, like unlimited monthly membership, you can use any of the classes that we have. So the boot camp we do that offer it four times a week. Uh, the rowing is what you know our bread and butter. That's what we usually do. So it's sixteen times. I think we have like twenty. Uh, more than 20 classes a week, mostly rowing. So four boot camps, and we just have one yoga class. But we have um, mostly rowing, and we do a little bit of weights, a little bit of plyometrics in, in rowing. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, and then if you get a punch card, uh, same thing. Uh, boot camp is as rowing as, you know, as yoga. So mm-hmm. they're all about the even. Now, if somebody wants, wants, to, wants you for personal training or for uh – Specifically for triathlon training, uh, I know those are two different things. But uh, what, uh, what, how does that? Do you break? Do you break down what their needs are, or, or do, how, do, how do you? Yeah, design that? so I have a program online. It's on RowWorks uh, for coaching. Uh, so I'll work with, I even work with kids who want to get better at technique and want to go to college with their erg scores, rowing machine, two uh, K scores, uh, getting faster on the rowing machine, getting more powerful, technical. Uh, triathlon coaching I'll have like a sit down um, uh, initiate initial kind of uh, meeting where I go over it's like a two-hour thing where I'll go over like you know what kind of training you need to do uh, what your lifestyle is like you know I kind of uh, go over some some basic uh, guidelines for your to train for your first triathlon and a lot of this information, I mean, just one thing can make a huge difference. I remember uh, when I did my first Ironman in France, a week before I went, the, a guy I talked to said, um, okay, so you got your salt sticks, right? And I go, what's that? Mm-hmm. And he goes, yeah, you got to get uh, salt sticks. <laughs> you turned me into those. Electrolytes. <laughs> <things> ever <had. laughs> Ele- electrolytes, salt, salt pills. Yeah. I'm like, I didn't even think of that. He goes, dude. You, you could die, like, you know, you, and it's true. Like I see guys on the side of the road, oh no electrolytes, you know, and just just convulsing because they didn't get enough uh, potassium, salt, magnesium in their bodies, and you have to take those, and that's just one thing, you know. So you gotta just things of advice. I mean, you can find a lot of stuff online, but I kind of go through a step by step process with you individually, and then what, whatever event you want to do, from a sprint to an Ironman. Um, to ultra distance races, whatever. You know. Do you, uh, do people have to be a certain level? And the reason I ask, I, I, I met somebody uh, last week who just did their first triathlon, and uh, she was thanking a friend of mine because she literally did not know how to swim like three months prior to that. I mean, right. she did not. She goes, absolutely. She says he taught me how to swim. I didn't know how to swim. I didn't. I had to learn how to swim to compete uh, in this thing in the. And uh, do you take people at that at that level, or do you? Uh... Yeah, I can. Um, you know, it's funny. I need to take swim lessons myself. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I but I can get by um, and teach you the basics. Definitely, <laughs> not to drown. Uh, yeah, <laughs> not to drown. Uh, swimming is definitely the most the most fearful out of all of them. Of course, people always get scared of the swim. I was scared of the swim. Um, 
my dad actually after my first Ironman, he had a he called me up to the house and had me sit down and he's like, "Listen, um, I need to ask you something." He goes, "Are you taking steroids?" And I was like, <laughs> "No, but why do you ask?" He goes, "I cannot believe how fast you swam. You know, you don't swim. <laughs> you know." And so and in in junior high, I got cut from the water polo team. And I tell people this all the time. I got cut from the water polo team, and there were no cuts because <laughs> I couldn't swim. I mean, I was that. I, it, I'm, ex, I'm actually not exaggerating. That's a true story. But I, I did. Uh, I just didn't. I, I freak out in the water, and I can't relax. And that's a major part of it: is breathing and relaxation. Um, the other part is just getting in the rhythm, getting your hips up, and actually don't want to kick that much. Depending on the length of the of the race, because you have to use your legs the entire rest of the of the race, so you're actually saving your legs just a little bit. You're flutter kicking, but yeah, I can work with you on the swim, especially the bike. That's my strength. Um, bike fit, you know, what kind of gear you can buy? Speed, meaning you can get faster wheels. The helmet makes a difference. You wear one of those teardrop teardrop things. Yeah, yeah, and I'm getting yeah. So. Um, and then the running, you know, also gear with that, compression socks, shoes, um, you know, pacing, heart rate monitors, goo, you know, different electrolyte drinks, you know, and, invigorate, stuff like that to take while you're doing it. Yeah. All these things, I mean, you know, and what it really comes down to is, yeah, I can teach you all these things, but you have to experience it yourself too. But I, I help a lot with, you know, the, what you need, your supplies, your and that's a big part of it. And then just to be there during a race, I can be there during your race and help you out as well. So, Real quick, um, when you talk, talking about distances like, you know, triathlon distances and not the, not the sprints, um, when people are training for those things, uh, do, they, do they actually train a complete Ironman or a complete I, – I, I remember – Oh, do you – yeah, this, so this is – that's a good question. And uh, I've – you're, okay, so every book I've read about doing Ironman training, you're actually not supposed to do that. Yeah. And they talk about the pros will say, please don't do a full ir- a full marathon and a 112-mile bike uh, within days, you know, because they say that's, that's how you get hurt. And so you're training on average hours. You're not training the actual full distance. So, but, yeah, people will talk about that all the time. And uh, should I do this? And you shouldn't. I've done it. And it's not good. <laughs> so you don't want to do that. But to go back to triathlon, there's also if you're afraid if you're afraid of swimming or if you don't know how to swim or if you're just not sure, you can also there's also the duathlon, which is like a step towards triathlon, which is a run, bike, run, which are pretty fun. So um, <laughs> I mean it's painful. <laughs> but it's fun to hoop. it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're fun. They kinda get your you know you, you kind of get you into it. Get your feet dry. Yeah, get your feet dry. Yeah, you get you know you, get, you kind of into that sport without the swim. So you can always do a duathlon. And um, actually, found out it was really crazy. I got an email from Team USA yesterday, actually, um, that I qualified to go to the World Championships for a duathlon, <laughs> but it's in Australia, and I'm like. Uh, Wait, 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 wait. Um, here's, a guy, yeah. here's a guy who I know for a fact has done uh, triathlons in France. And, yeah, and, but this and is, and, uh, it's pinned out. It's like the timing of it. I'd have to miss a big rowing race in Boston. 
it just wouldn't work. I talked to my dad today about it, and he's like, you know, there's some things that just is too much. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you're right. So I'm actually not doing it, um, declining it. I was supposed to put a deposit down today, but but it's, it's freaking cool. I mean, I was like, I've never uh, – it, it was just awesome to have that. So the opportunities are – it's addicting. It's cool. It's, it's, it's fun. And rowing, again, to go back to that, it can help you – Train for every all these things. Yeah. So, yeah. And you and you talk about rowing it, and I'm assuming you you talking about the head of the Charles. Is that what it's yeah. Like? yeah, you do that every year. Well, not every year, but uh, last year we won our. Ra- I rowed with the Harvard alumni guys, yeah. and I was like the uh, the bastard child. The bastard Cal. child. Exactly. <laughs> oh, totally. I was like, why aren't they inviting me in their boat? I thought, I, I thought they're my friends, and my dad's like, they're not really your friends. Because <laughs> you didn't go to Harvard. So I'm like, what the heck? But anyways, I, I got in the boat, and we won. We set the course record uh, by five seconds. And uh, so I said, you know what this means, guys? It means I'm coming back next year. So I'm in the boat this year again, which is really cool. And uh, that's that big race. It's the biggest race in the world for mm-hmm. rowing. And it's uh, in Boston um, and race up to Charles every year. So Cool. In October. And that's exactly when the world championships are for duathlon. So I was like, uh, I can't back. You know, it's, yeah. it's just one of those things. But it's kind of cool to say I got invited. I would get destroyed if I went there. Uh, some These guys are running sub 30-minute 10Ks. I mean, five-minute miles, I would get destroyed. I would be able to hang with them on the bike, but I'd get destroyed on the run. Yeah. But, you know, so. Well, man, it's always a, it's always a great time to have you here and, and, and join us in studio. Is there, yeah. is there anything else you wanted to talk about we haven't had a chance to mention? Uh, no, just, you know, if, if anyone's listening, I mean, you know, out there locally here in Southern California or beyond because I do do remote coaching for rowing. And if anyone is, wants to get more information on rowing uh, technique or coaching, we do we offer a, a, what's called a faster program. It's, on, it's online on rowworks.com. And my dad and I will actually analyze. You'll send a video of yourself rowing, and we'll analyze your video, and we'll send it back to you um, with all the information. And that way you can get faster times and more efficient and um, and better technique and all sorts of things. And then if you're local, we'd love to have you come by. I think right the program is free a free week uh, for the first free week. So if you mention that you heard us here on Swoop Roll, we'll give you a free week. Usually it's a free class, so yeah, special right. deal. Um, yeah, I only go by what you told me, man. Yeah, hey, this is yeah, this is all good. So you know, if you're by, then definitely uh, come by and check us out, or check us out at least online, or say a quick hello, Facebook, Twitter, um, on Rowworks. R O W O R X, Jack. It's always a great time, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for stopping by, and thank you. You're welcome to hang as long as you want. We're gonna go do the T Bones timeout here in a minute. We're gonna take a quick break. JD Nash, 55. You're listening to Swoops World on the Talk Story Radio Network. Back after this.
sunsets low in the city you left behind. Filled with heavy hearts and dying hearts, having no rhythm arrived. Ruth Rusi, and this is how I live United. I read to children as part of United Way's education program. It helps them create links between language and literacy and prepares them for a better academic future. I figure I have the time and they have the need. My name is Ruth Rusi. I help kids prepare to succeed in school. So I don't just wear the shirt, I live it. 
Give, advocate, volunteer. Live United. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Psst. Hey, over here, behind the fence. Huh? You? The bike? Yeah, the bike. Here in the grass where the kids left me a while ago. Could you get the dust off my seat and remind the kids how fun I still am? Okay. Oh, you are dusty. I may need my spokes tightened, too. Let's go. As Native American parents and caregivers, our encouragement to healthy lifestyles for our kids is helping them get outside and play. Get ideas. Get involved. Get going at letsmove.gov slash Indian Country. Brought to you by USDA, HHS, and the Ad Council. Talk Story Radio. My name is Mary Scholes, and you're listening to Swoop's World. I'm sorry, baby, but I tried. Sorry for telling you those lies. Sorry for messing with your Welcome back to Swoops Road on the Talk Story Radio Network. We're a few minutes away from T-Bone's timeout where he's going to, you know, lay down all the sports on us. <laughs> sports wisdom. <laughs> yeah, he's going to share his wisdom. But, you know, he's, uh, he's got other things on his mind this week, man. He's, he's, uh, he's about to be uh, lawfully coupled up here. Yeah, man. Mr. and Mrs. Uh, three days away, huh? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, yeah. Taking the... Uh... Taking diving lessons yeah. this week. Or you jump in the broom, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been an interesting process so far. I hear it's just going to be a different interesting process after the fact. So, yeah. Uh, I don't ever want to plan another wedding. <laughs> I don't think I ever really want to have another wedding either. Yeah, you probably but should. I've said that a few times. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I can get through the next three days without getting saying the wrong things. Yeah, and I think I'll be all right. Good night. I just probably shouldn't say anything for the next three days. <laughs> I probably shouldn't. Right? I don't want to. Oh yeah, I saw that. <laughs> oh, that's cool, man. You got uh, you got yeah, peeps coming from out of town or all local or what's, what's the deal? Yeah, um, I got. Well, one of my groomsmen. Just got off a plane from Japan the other day, but ah, the Jag. He, yeah, he actually is not having to get on a plane to go back to Japan because he just recently got his new orders for Miramar. Oh, that's right. So he he got to come back to California permanently last week. So that you was pretty off. cool. That freaking air show has gotten me twice, man. Driving down to San Diego. You start off with that. You're saying he he just got. No, no, none of my friends are in Japanese prison. Or were, for that matter. Uh, you know, Latin America is a different story. Uh, no, I got, we've got uh, some folks coming in from kind of a few different corners of the country, but mostly, mostly family and friends who are in the SoCal vicinity. So it's going to be... Did you put you put uh, you put you got tents and stuff up so the, the paparazzi's not flying over taking shots? You know what? I just uh, I hope that they get a nice shot of me from behind <laughs> if they're going to be out there. You know, get me get a, get at least one good belfie pick. <laughs> I have a feeling that we're not going to be the the 
wedding of the weekend, you know. So that's good. It's nice to know that it'll be the paparazzi will have a lot of places. The other to places go. be. Yeah. All right. They might get mistaken. If they knew the whole crew's going to be down here, you know, never know what's going to happen. Never yeah, know. Just saying. Get up. Gonna get ugly. <laughs> One way or another. Uh, you know, I went through Costco. We went to Costco on Sunday and bought like the auxiliary booze. <laughs> um, That's awesome. Filled up an entire shopping, a Costco shopping cart, top and bottom. You know, spent like 650 bucks on, <laughs> I think we had 12 handles of booze, you know, three cases of wine and three cases of backup beer. You know, it's like, People were giving us looks. Like, what the hell are you guys about to get into? Yeah, we, uh, you're, yeah. Lucky, you're lucky you didn't get jumped in the parking lot. <laughs> we went to the one at Bellaterra. <laughs> I wasn't going to Signal Hill for that run. <laughs> Not even Lakewood, man. Like, we're going to Orange County for this. Yeah, trip. we're crossing the uh, curtain, uh, man. <laughs> Actually, a funny story about Costco and alcohol. Uh-huh. <laughs> funny, uh, my, my, I don't know. Sophomore year of college, which probably were too young anyway, but my buddy got so much alcohol, and he's like, "This is gonna supply me for six months." You know? <laughs> I filled up my Honda Civic at the time so much we had to squeeze him in. He's seven feet tall. I call him Big John, and he gets his case of wine and he's painting it against the windshield, and he goes, "Oh!" And he gets in with his, you know, he cracks my windshield. We <laughs> have so much alcohol in the car, plus him, plus me. It's like piled up in his Honda Civic. He, he presses against the windshield and cracks the whole thing. I'm like, dude, no way. That's so much alcohol, you know. So, Trump, but did it actually it last? Didn't last month? That's, a, that's it, the question yeah, I had. Question, yeah, it, did, it lasted about four months. Uh, yeah. Then you had to take off to Spain. Rehab. Yeah, Spain. I had a few trips to Spain. <laughs> <laughs> Only go by your first and last first your first initial of your last name while you're there, right? Wow. <laughs> Taylor Valdez. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> you ready, brother? Sure, why not? All right, here we go. Oh, uh, you know that sound? It's time for sports with T Bones Timeout. Or as we say it here, it's T Bones! Time out. Oh my goodness! Another another sports week has come and gone. Well, you know, here we we get to start and end the week on Wednesday, which is great. You know, we're like the grocery stores a little bit. <laughs> New sales, old sales—they kind of overlap here. Uh, movie releases. Right? So you know, we talk about you know the end of something and a new beginning at the same time. So for the city of Los Angeles, we've got. The end of a Clippers basketball season, coupled with the beginning of the Lakers basketball season, because they uh, second they started bouncing balls early <laughs> or late, depending on your point of view this year, by doing the lottery business. The Lakers are scoring the second pick in the draft for the NBA business this time around. Uh, another opening and closing, you know, um, the sports arena now set to be demolished and... Is it? Supposedly, and uh, a new soccer stadium to be built That's on right. and the site of the former, of the current and soon to be former ah, LA Sports Arena. See, I heard they were going to build a soccer field there for 
But I didn't under, I didn't hear the part about the, the MLS wants to expand yet again and have another team in LA. Three, uh, right? No, because uh, Chivas, Chivas left. left. Oh, they did. Yeah, yeah. So so currently the Galaxy they, are the only team. Where'd they go? I don't know they if they left or or, they or I'm not sure what happened there because I don't follow MLS closely enough. I think we should bring back the lasers. <laughs> <laughs> what about the coast? Yeah. Uh, what about the, uh, for the coast? What about the uh, what were they, right. uh, the LA Nets, man? That was the. Uh, I just remember the the San Tennessee. Diego Soccers when I was a kid. It's like there have been several incarnations of that, you know. In now the the the, the new LA team uh, is owned by all the uh, all the all the celebrities, right? I don't know what the ownership group. I know. I think Magic is a part of it. I think Beckham is a part of it too, right? Beckham was trying to get the, a Miami franchise. I don't know what happened there. I, this was the first I'd heard about this one, and they came up with a really uh, great. I heard about name, it a couple of weeks, a couple of months. Ago. Los Angeles Football Club. I mean, it's it's freaking brilliant, you know. Like, it's, sounds like a real soccer team. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm sure they have some really cool FC crest. United. You know, with like smog creeping over the top of it or something. I don't know, something really representative. But uh, yeah, they they would like to build a soccer state, a soccer only stadium right there, which will actually get done long before an NFL stadium ever gets put in any of these LA County cities. So I guess it helps that it's a stadium that's like a third of the size, but still, uh, for coming kind of out of nowhere compared to this 20 year ordeal. That is the NFL's absence in Los Angeles. MLS is going to railroad a second team in here in what seems like lickety split. So, third team. Third team, yeah. But the second team, you know, Chivas USA, they kind of piggybacked. Seemed like a bad idea. They swooped in, yeah. and they, they never really seemed to catch. I mean, because even the people that you would think would be like Chivas USA were more like, yeah. Peter Gruber. Galaxy uh, Go. Mm-hmm. I guess winning helps a lot of things. It's definitely. It's tough to back. Oh, that's who it is. And and it's you know even even when Galaxy have been winning a lot, it's still not that hard to get tickets to see the Galaxy. Not like when the Lakers were dominating, and it's like you need two grand to get (laughs) seats to see the Lakers. It's Um, uh, Peter Gruber, Magic Johnson, Nomar, and Mia, and uh, Tony Robbins. Nomar. Tony Robbins. Oh, man, they're going to be so freaking inspired. They will be. Well, I wonder how he feels about that soccer. Means, you know? uh, that means uh, who's going to be handling their uh, their adjustments, man. Oh, so <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. No more Mia. That's why. Yeah. Well, the LAFC, one step closer to re- reality, uh, while a NFL LAFC probably still a ways off. The Chargers... Trying to get something going. The city of San Diego, the mayor of San Diego, Kevin Faulkner, appointed this citizen action group, you know, a bunch of people to get together and come up with some ideas for how they could build a new stadium in San Diego for the Chargers to play at because the Chargers have made it pretty clear the last several months that they're not that interested in playing in San Diego anymore. So the the city is kind of begging. But they're still not begging all that hard either because the city, the Chargers have said for you know several times now that they would not pay more than $200 million of their own dollars towards a new stadium. And the, the, thing, the plan that this committee came up with asks for $300 out of pocket up front from the Chargers plus like $20 million or so a year in rent over the course of 30 years. So... I, good for them, man. Like I, I give these people who are actually tasked with this a lot of credit for telling Spanos and company to f off. Like, yeah. Oh. Hey, we're gonna give you 
several hundred million dollars, but you've got to pay several hundred million dollars of your own too. Um, and I think it's, I think in the long run, I think the Chargers are probably gone from a San Diego point of view. But I'm glad that, you know, even though I don't live there or pay taxes there. I'm, I'm glad that they're not going to further screw themselves financially. I, I on lived there. Yeah, I lived of, there the last time they they went through this. Mm-hmm. Well, not the last time because there's been another one, but one of the the bigger fiascos there. And uh, I was a, you know, I was outraged that I was being tagged. And I voted. <laughs> you did what? I know. Yeah. I, it, it was just. It was just. Ah, and those people are just gone. I mean, I have nothing nice to say about this. Oh, they're people. yeah, so they're, they're, and. One of the articles I read today was in the San Diego Union-Tribune paper, and it was about how John Spanos, you know, or no, Dean Spanos, the one who is currently, he's currently, he's the owner now, you know, because his dad has given it to him several years ago now, but he's basically appointed his sons as the new, the new go-to guys for everything. But this was all about how he, Dean, Dean Spanos and Mark Davis, Al Davis's son, who controls the Raiders right. now, have become like great buddies over the last over the last six months since this that's whole just, two guys, since two guys, this whole two guys right had their teams dirty dealing them. has begun, <laughs> where the Chargers and Raiders have decided to get into this you know into this vile bed together in Carson. So uh, that right there, I was just like, man, this is not something that anybody in either of these organizations should want to get out. No, this should not be something that's something openly discussed. Yeah. No. Um. So, you know, that they'll they'll probably build at least one NFL building here in the next few years, possibly two. But we'll uh, we'll have two MLS teams again before that ever happens. So, yeah, especially since you see who's backing the uh, the new team. Well, hey, how can you say no to Mia? Yeah, and you got the what's his name? Unless you know my no Dodgers. And you got the guy who found a YouTube, and they got a. They got the they got some serious scratch. It's a who's who of people with money to burn. Tony Robbins, he's a freaking mm. billionaire. Yeah. Which is good. Maybe they'll make a really cool scarf that I'll want to buy. Because you know that's I I you know we talked last week. I watched a few of the Champions League matches, and that's fine. You know, it's, it's, it's quality competition. You know, high international players doing things that I could never ever do. That's cool, and some of it's really impressive. But these people that buy the freaking Barcelona scarves and stuff and wear them at the bars here in L.A., I'm just like, <laughs> you are such a douchebag. <laughs> and, I, you know, I told this to a couple of my coworkers that I'm good friends with. I'm like, dude, that's awesome that you enjoy this, but that's super friggin' lame that you actually, like, buy a Barcelona scarf and wrap it around your neck in public. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I have... A, too many obsessions with sports, and I, I admit that freely. But I, because of that, I'm not ready to go ramrod another continent's sports into my into my uh, obsessions list. I'll, I'll enjoy watching them, but I already have too many Nebraska shirts. I, <laughs> I don't need any more apparel from any other. I do need a Padres hat, though. My old my old one's crap. I lost, almost lost it in the river last weekend. Went to Havasu last weekend. Huh? That was fun. How was that? Yeah, it was a good time. It was like one week too early, but that's okay. That kept me from doing anything too dangerous. <laughs> uh, I didn't jump off any... Not for Canyon Yeah. 
but we didn't we didn't make it over there though. We uh, we didn't go up to the sandbar this time either, and I wanted to go to the sandbar and then go up to jump off, you know, some stuff. But we kind of we did a few laps and then camped out in the channel and watched all the milfs with the bolt-on titties oh, cruising by. <laughs> it was funny. I love river people. That's a whole different class of, of humanity. It's so fun. It's, 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 it's above, a great it's, time. It's above bikers in Waco, though, right? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I guess in t- if, if, if you judge it based off of their propensity towards random violence, then yeah. <laughs> really, that's probably the big differentiator there. Otherwise, there's not a... <laughs> not about, not much at, at skin deep, it's pretty, pretty tough to tell the difference. But, uh, <laughs> so, did any guy, any guys get to watch the Clippers and their tragic exit? Really, I mean, they, they were like the 86 Angels, I think. They, oh. they they lost this series in Game Six. Even remember though that, that they got Donnie right in the picture. Yeah, that yeah, offed himself. Yeah, yeah. That was, it was. It was crazy. I watched the, that game. It was nuts. My dad and I were just like looking at each other. Like, what? What? It, yeah, and wrong? and you know they they still could have gone to Houston and beaten the Rockets in Houston, but I think they oh no they had just they they, were, they got crushed. That so game thoroughly humiliated in the second half of Game Six that it just. All that air went out of the balloon. Um, I would like to see the Clippers be a competitive franchise. I, I, I'm they not. Are, they are a competitive franchise. Yeah, no, they absolutely are. Yeah. I would like them to stay that way. Yeah. I, I don't really feel all that comfortable with the Clippers being the better team in LA. But you know, the, La- now. the Lakers are going to have to sleep year. in the bed they've made for a while. So uh, well, they're, in a, they're in about a three-year run right now. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. made a good point. Uh, you know. Clippers might be better suited to say somewhere like Orange County, like LeBron, you know. Uh, he didn't say that specifically, but he was like, them being out of that building might kind of differentiate them. And, uh, and as I said to him, uh, them being somewhere south, just a little bit south, would uh, do that and then allow them to there – is, there is still a San Diego crowd that still – thinks of the Clippers as their team, and uh, they, you know, AD didn't care for the, uh, the the analogy I made with the uh, Los Angeles Clippers of Anaheim. Clippers of Anaheim. <laughs> but as you we think, have talked about, you think there really are like a substantial number of San Diego people who there still are, like? Well, there are. They probably root for the goals too. I mean, yeah, exactly, and. and they're not, there's not a huge amount of them, but, but they, if they had a team in Orange County that, that actually played in Orange County, mm-hmm. it would be a way for it would be a way for the Clippers to capture a market that the Lakers don't really capture. Um, I don't know. He he brought it up. I didn't bring it up. I just pointed out that uh, Moreno with the Angels has. We've talked about this before. It's stupid. It's retarded. It makes no sense, but it's made them a pile of money. Mm-hmm. And I could see, I could totally see the Clippers being in the Honda Center. You know, that being their home stadium, and still calling themselves the LA Clippers mm-hmm. and raking it in. Um, and it all, the whole conversation started with AD saying they need to have their own building. Yeah. And who, who 
wants to? I mean, you just paid two billion dollars for a team. Do you really want to spend another billion billion to create a venue? There's a venue down there that could easily accommodate that. Oh, yeah. Um, not a bad idea, uh, and I'm not claiming AD started the, the track. I, I, I think that's a natural. I could see the Clippers fitting in nicely that way, um, much like the Ducks have, right? Like they undercut the Kings. I mean, it used to be Orange County was King Country. It's not anymore. It's Ducks, and there's millions of people that live down there. And the Kings are not especially popular in San Diego, but the Ducks are. They're more popular. Let me put it that way. They're more popular than the Kings are. Um, so it's all about the goals, man. Oh, I'm excited for that, actually. I, I I could see that totally working for the Clippers. Uh, you know. They they could. You know, there there is, and people outside of Southern California don't really understand that there are actually nuanced markets in this region. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the huge reasons that, you know, a lot of people might, it's right in front of their faces and they might not even ever fathom why San Diego is really its own separate show in the whole sports market in Southern California is that even though San Diego County and Orange County share a, a, a geographic border, that entire geographic border is gobbled up by Camp Pendleton. So there's this giant swath of undeveloped land that breaks up this entire suburban blob of L.A. and Orange County Basin, and then there's just nothing for like 15 miles in any direction before the San Diego blob starts. So I think that's that's one thing that the Chargers management doesn't quite understand and they they understand that they get people that come from up this direction to drive down there, right? Because there's nothing else. But they also they're they've never been a main draw up here, even in the absence of an NFL team for 20 years, right? Because partly of that. But where they have been, their their largest part of North is Orange County. Yeah, like they get a bigger. Crowd oh they, yeah, and it's because Orange Orange County everything here it's proximity. And, yeah, and it, and it also culturally kind of has attempted for 50 years to be the antithesis of L.A. Right. So when so when L.A. When there, LA yeah. became synonymous with the Raiders for, or you know. Or the Lakers. Yeah. You know. People in Orange County, the, the reason a lot of their families were in Orange County in the first place was because they fled the L.A. area. I mean, I know my family did. They went from Hawthorne and Inglewood down to Huntington Beach, and then they just kept going south all the way right. down to San Diego. You know, it's just it, which again, which the, again goes back to what I'm or, saying. Orange County and San Diego are like white flight places, yeah. you know. So which again goes back to what I'm saying. That could be the Clippers' bread and butter. That could totally moving to San Diego would be the death knell. Yeah, but I think that that's moving not to Orange the answer. County would be probably a huge advantage for it's, them. It would it help them differentiate themselves from the Lakers, and even if they weren't especially successful. I mean, although they've done, they're doing well, it would just give it would give uh, it would give that group of people that you know a team to root for. I could see that. Being what do you mean, those people? <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm talking about? Those people. Um, Orange County and San Diego are in that way. Uh, it's a lot like I think they are. Yes. Uh, um, 
<laughs> Trying to think, there's nothing I can get. That, and that's another reason why right San Diego Chargers and Carson doesn't work. No, it doesn't. San Diego Chargers in Angel Stadium. LA Rams. Could work. That could work. They're going to be in Carson. I I think. I don't think so. I, I put it at 52% yes. They're moving, but I don't know if that they if they the move and they stay in California. Oh, they don't if stand. They, they don't stand they move, a chance in Inglewood. If they move and stay in California, yeah. they'll be in Carson. I don't think they end up in Anaheim Stadium, man. No, they won't. Yeah, they will. Uh, I don't see that one either, because I don't see. That's more likely than Carson, I think. No, they just they're, they're buying land in Carson. They've I mean, already they, bought the land. Yeah, <laughs> buy and sell it, man. The, they're, I, not, they're not moving into a stadium with the Raiders. The amount of work that would have to be done to Anaheim <laughs> Stadium happen, if to it happens, make it, it happen. Remember when when the Rams left? It took about three or four years for the Angels to renovate that stadium and make it into what it is again, which is you know it was built originally stadium. as a baseball only stadium, and then it got blown into this. Big concrete yeah, multi purpose thing yeah. like we saw all through the 60s, 70s, and 80s all across the country. And then when the Rams left in the 90s, they tore huge chunks of it out and turned it back into a baseball only stadium. It's that, I, that's going to be to turn Anaheim Stadium into an NFL caliber yeah. stadium would be, I mean, you'd, you'd still be cheaper than building something from the ground, but you're talking hundreds of millions of dollars. Well, Jack's there a lot. You, you go. You get a, you get a lot of Angel games, don't you? Yeah, I do. It's a beautiful stadium. I yeah, love that it's stadium. And I, uh, my dad actually got really good seats. He always gets screwed every year. He gets pushed back. You know, it's like what the heck, you know? But now we're on the third. We're like in line with third base. It's pretty cool. Um, anyways, yeah, I love that stadium. Um, I still think they need to replace the big A that fell down during the earthquake. Though. I miss that big A, like the big one. Yeah. <laughs> The obnoxiously huge. The one you could see from miles. <laughs> uh, no, great stadium, though. Uh, I, I think uh, I, I totally agree with the Clippers idea, though. I, I think it could set an identity for themselves, you know, because they're totally uh, – it's kind of awkward, actually. Like, watching a game, where it's like, uh, Lakers. Like, you kind of feel bad for them, in a way. And I would much rather have the Clippers move to Anaheim than what was being talked about two years ago in the NBA where Sacramento was trying to come down there because that just – that would have been terrible for the entire league. I mean, all all 700 Sacramento Kings fans. And then, you know, the fact that they're named the Kings. Yeah. Because they're so close to the Kings. Yeah, and then – and first of all, Purple has no business in sports anyway. But then – we would definitely not need three teams in a 25-mile zone. Uh, Here's the thing: especially three teams all in the same, all in the same division and everything. It's like, no, nah, this doesn't work. Really, though, just because Kings fans are such whiny bitches. There's just <laughs> too many things to do. Basketball Kings, in SoCal, fans. whiny bitches. That even if we have a ton of teams, you're still fighting for. You know, you're still fighting to keep the audience, whether it's a big name concert at the at the Hollywood Bowl or perfect ski season or great surf in a we're going, always, we're or, going to the ship kicker country music festival at the Queen Mary this weekend. Oh, there's another yeah that's that is, that is happening this weekend. Don't forget the touch the truck event that happened on Saturday. That was last uh, Saturday, weekend. Did you Sunday. have to go to that? I did. I went a couple years ago. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
My kid is part of the free entertainment. So. <laughs> that was uh, Saturday. Anyway, but, uh, and then. That is, a, that is well, an experience. Yeah, and, I can imagine. And you and have multiple, multiple sports at the same time, yeah, too. And so what, like, a, a, a huge... Okay, check out your Facebook feeds today as opposed to the day the Clippers lost, which was Sunday. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sunday the Clippers lost and got eliminated, right? If you know any Clipper fans or, you know, Clipper bandwagon folks, <laughs> Sunday and Monday was all this, whoa, are we... You know the Clippers. How 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 are we ever gonna move on from this? Today, it's slowed to a trickle. Which you know, hey, good for you guys for being able to healthily dispose of Shake and discard, Shake you know, your disappointment. But it's a lot easier in a place like this where, you know, we we aren't shoveling snow right now, and there are places in the country that are shoveling snow this week. I mean, that's that's yeah. insane on its own. But, yeah, life life is pretty damn good here. There's a lot of fun things to do. Your Clippers was on Sunday, and, yeah. mon- Monday, and Monday you're at Dodger Stadium. I mean, you, yeah. you don't miss well, a beat. And, yeah, and, yeah, you don't miss a beat. Man. <laughs> and not to disparage all of our listeners out there, but the whole your Clippers thing is in heavy quotation marks, too. Because your Clippers have only been your Clippers System for, Lakers a didn't make the playoffs. for a lot of you guys out there. So... I'm glad you're interested in sport. You know, that's awesome. I've got a really good friend who just became a Dodger fan one day about five years ago, and then all of a sudden it was like he had jerseys and hats and he was going to ten games a year, and we're going to be so good this year. And it's like, who the fuck is we? When did you become a fan of a team? When you get together and you play for the name on the front of your uniform and not the name on the back of your uniform. That's inspiring. Shut stuff up, right blowhard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so the Clippers they they kind of folded like origami swans at the end, but I, they're still a good ball club. They, they're uh, a good ball club. They've got they still got a, a fairly young group of talent in place, and, uh, and more competitive than they've been. Yeah, in like forever. Yeah, the yeah. last the last three years of of Clipper basketball really have eclipsed the entirety of their history. I mean, you know they're going to the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's the question is how far are they going in? And five years ago, even it's like you could not have said it's, that it's, about the Clippers. You could have not said we might make the playoffs this year. Well, five years ago, they had never won a playoff series, I believe. Yeah. Well, it's like Doc so. said. He says, you know, do we, do we need to make some adjustments? Yes. Do we need to blow this team up? No. Absolutely not. And they don't. They just you know, tweak a few things. Yeah. A little intestinal fortitude. Yeah, and that's that's one of those things that you don't – that that team is not wanting for talent. No, and they're exciting yeah, to watch. Is, I mean, they are exciting to watch when the they're on The problems that they had in that series, the problems that they did not overcome in this series, were problems that – they were problems of chemistry and – you know, and not not to say that those guys don't enjoy playing together and they've got a good vibe going on the court, but to say that when the crap hits the fan, you need to be able to look at your other four guys on the floor and your other you know eleven guys on the bench and say, "We got this." And two straight, really three straight games, they looked at each other and they didn't know if they had it or not. And if you don't know, then you probably don't. And it's not it's not a matter of talent. It's a matter of 
experience. Yeah, know? and this, yeah. you know, this one, this one, this is the sting that may do good things for that franchise right. yeah, because absolutely. they've had a lot of times where they there was not more expected of them. And this was the year, this was the first time where legitimate expectations were for beyond where they ended up. I mean, even the last couple of years when they were flirting with, you know, making steps, it was, well, you're still, you're still a Clipper. This is, there's no still the Clippers anymore. You know? no. It's like, you're, you're the <coughs> Clippers. You should be doing something. I think so. if they got one more guy, you know, like they always talk about the big three and, <laughs> but you know, I mean, that know, doesn't yeah. stop us either. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have a couple guys, and if you got you know one more, you know, really solid guy to add to that ma- that matrix or that team or whatever you, you want to call it, I think it would make a huge difference, and I think uh, that would set them. You know, I mean, you know the thing is, I watched great. I watched a lot of their games this year, and all I watched a lot of portions of a lot of games. Um, this year, and they're they're extremely talented, and uh, and I think I think this 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 demise the this series was mostly experience. I don't see where they need a whole lot of changes. I mean they they, they got, I mean they're, they're seven or eight deep. I think pretty pretty solid, and uh, and when they're on their game, they are freaking exciting, man. And, and you're right, there there's just I think T Bone said well, when you look at what they did in game one without Chris Paul, yeah. And they go up and thump them by what, fifteen, in in Houston. In Houston, yeah. I think you know, and you and you look at you look at the guys that were playing for Houston. Uh, they had you know, they have a talented team too, and some guys that had had a little bit more experience, I think, for in uh, these types of situations. But you know, the Clippers are still fairly young team. Uh, you know, they have, they have some veterans there. The guys have been around for, for a few years, but. You know they they're they're all right and right you know what regardless of what anybody says right now they are the team in L.A. I mean the Lakers have to show that they're still you know it's what have you done for me lately man you guys might have twelve championships they, they, they look a long yeah. <laughs> they got a long road to hold man and it's gonna be a while before they uh, and they might they might bounce back next year but I, I don't I don't see it happen anytime and Boston quickly no longer running exactly the show. exactly. That- Apparently is a is a huge factor because yeah, Bus Junior kind of like the Raiders of the Chargers. Does, yeah, <laughs> Bus Junior doesn't even know what the fuck he's doing. <laughs> I mean, I'm just based on based on the numbers. Yeah, here, I'm telling you, man. Maybe he's got a long term plan. <laughs> that, yeah, that, that nobody are, knows. Are about. aware of? I'm short term, man. This guy has lots. <laughs> Yeah, you, I go, can. you go for a quick break? Yeah. <laughs> you listen to Swoops Run on the Talkstar Radio Network. Hey, just real quick before I forget, next week's guest is Warren Williams. He'll be in studio with us. Uh, he's a volunteer for the L.A. County Bicycle Coalition. We'll get a chance to chat with him. We're going to take a quick break, come back, and uh, finish up Timo's timeout. This is John Gannon. This is called Fly. Back after this.
It's Saturday morning, I jump out of bed and my clothes are laid out like a fireman's. I bust out the door, blast off on my Schwinn and I ride like the wind. With those Marlboro boys with fake Pendleton shirts and their painter hats backwards, little Brad lackeys would Life and limb on a whim, we'd be soldiers and ducking the dirt clad barrages. With those farmer old boys with fake Pendleton shirts, and we'd curse like the sons of longshoremen. And foreman was beat by the greatest, but he made us reach for the I'm in the car next to you on the highway. I sit in front of you on the bus. I'm one out of every six Americans, and I'm struggling with hunger. This isn't an uncontrollable epidemic. There's enough food in this country to feed every hungry person. Please, visit feedingamerica.org today and find your local food bank. Every dollar you donate helps provide seven meals for those around you, quietly struggling with hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. This is Parker Ainsworth. You're listening to Swoop's World, where things are awesome all the time. Remember that. Peace. Me and Mama driving. Don't know why she's crying now again. I don't know where we'll be I don't know what it is I don't know what I'll do Earn our first kiss. I don't know how you'll fall. I don't know quite how long. I don't know what I'll do to live life with you. One thing that I
he'll make you cry Maybe you'll stop and think Maybe I'm here for life Maybe I'll pick you up Maybe we'll go downtown Maybe we'll get to talk Cause nobody else around One thing that I know for sure Is one day I'll find a way To get into your heart To get into your heart This is Mark Anthony Farad, recording artist, actors, and athletes against drunk driving. Music is one of the most important things in my life, but nothing is more important than life itself. So choose a designated driver. Friends don't let friends drive drunk. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. As a former model, I used to walk runways all over the world. Paris, Milan, New York. This is Salif Diara. As a local health worker, he walks the pathways of his village in Mali, West Africa, every day to help treat severely ill children. Like many children in the developing world, those in Salif's village are threatened by common illnesses that kill millions worldwide. But unlike villages without a local health worker, 
the children in Salif's village get the care they need to survive. And even though you can't walk in his shoes, you can help him with his work. Help one, save many. See where the good goes at goodgoes.org and find out all the ways you can help get the good where it needs to go. Brought to you by Save the Children and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Rebecca. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Hi, this is Barry Rolera. You're listening to Scoop World. Back to Swoops World and Talk Story Radio Network, and uh, we are doing a little T-Bones timeout. T-Bones. We are indeed. Well, you know, we were talking a little bit, uh, a little bit of a post-mortem on the Clippers season and their prospectus for season to come. Uh, but there is still basketball to be played this season, and in fact, Game One of the Eastern Conference Finals took place today. That was between Cleveland and Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta was the number one in the East. Cleveland was number two. Uh, and the Hawks, uh, despite having the home court advantage here in game one, were unable to overcome LeBron and Co. Uh, the Cavs win game one, 97-89 in the ATL. Um, That's the first game one. They've won uh, an away place in uh, five tries, I think. Huh. Yeah. They were second all time is to uh, I forgot who it was who's lost six away games in the first round of a thing. Damn. Yeah. First well, game of a series. Cavs broke that. They got a win here. Uh, game one between the Warriors and the Rockets should be taking place tomorrow, and yet here on this. Fantastic smart tablet thing jigger I'm looking at. I don't know which non-existent button to push. Uh, but rest assured, the Warriors and the Rockets are taking the court at the same time at some point in the next 48 hours. Uh, in the West, again, that means that Golden State is the number one seed on that side. And they were really the kind of hesitant begrudging front runner for a lot of people this season like they they had the best record I believe through the course of the regular season um, although it, it could have been Atlanta by the end of the year they both they both played fantastic ball through the regular season but I think there's a there's a little bit of hesitancy for people to believe in either one of those number one teams in the east or the west because of that experience factor that we were just talking about with the Clippers before, you know. So uh, Golden State never having gone, or not uh, to my knowledge, ever having gone deep, but if they have, it's been a long time. It's you know, been a long clearly time. Clearly since before any of these guys playing were, uh, you know, out of diapers, if not out of Golden State's won championship before, I think. Have they? I think so. That's cool. I'm close, I think. I'm not, yeah, I, I'm no historian in that regard. But... Uh, Atlanta has had some good seasons, but it's been a while, too. And, you know, there's a franchise who was in almost as much turmoil as the Clippers not too recently. I mean, not too long ago. So, uh, But, that yeah, both teams, both number one seeds, 
despite the fact that they put it on film kind of all season long, there's the playoffs and postseason is a different beast. So I think there's a little bit of surprise across a decent section of basketball that both of those teams are in the conference finals. Um, and I, th- I think Golden State actually is still a favorite to, to get through the West. I think Atlanta at this point, especially after dropping game one at home, now faces some unpleasant odds to uh, overtake Cleveland considering some of the playoff experience on that roster now with, with a couple guys they've imported over the last year. So NBA playoffs, they're almost exciting. They're almost interesting. When the, uh, when the finals come around, then I'll have something to say. You won the NBA Finals. Uh, Golden State the Pistons huh? in fifty-five, fifty-six. Were they were they the, the San Francisco Warriors back then? Uh, they were that at one point, were they not? They mm. were. They were for a while. Yeah, they were. They had those cool cable car uniforms. Yes, they did. Those are sweet, man. <laughs> <laughs> they really are. But that was back when they were the Philadelphia Warriors. Oh, San Francisco Warriors. Let's see what they lost the NBA Finals to the Celtics in 63-64. Lost in the NBA Finals in 66-67. Lost lost division, division, conference, 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 conference. Won NBA Finals versus the Bullets, 74-75. So they won a title. They won several titles. It was one. I told you one before, when they were Philadelphia Warriors. I don't count Philadelphia. (laughs) It's like saying the Philadelphia A's and the Oakland A's. It's all part of the same franchise, man. I'm going to go ahead and say that the the Golden State slash San Francisco Warriors are like the Baltimore Ravens, not the new Cleveland Browns. That's a reset, fresh start. You don't get to keep any of the old shit. <laughs> so, uh, Colts, Indianapolis Colts. The Ducks have gotten out to an interesting start in the Western Conference Finals in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I think they beat Chicago four to one in Game One, and I don't know what happened. I don't know if there was a game today or not. I'm gonna blame T-Mobile for that one. <laughs> <laughs> There's a decent. That sounds right. I don't think there was one today. Well, there's a decent chance that Stanley Cup stays in Southern California. I think the Ducks, uh, they have been the most dominant team in the playoffs this year. Did they go to three overtimes last night? They did. Wow. It went for freaking ever. It was the longest game in. Honda Center history. Did that goal count that the guy uh, headed it in? I don't know. It shouldn't. But, it's, I mean. It looked like a soccer header, man. If it, if, I didn't see it, so I don't know. But if it actually hits off your head and goes in, that counts. He did. If you intentionally he, yeah, did. He you, did this not. thing. He did the old poof. <laughs> Technically, and I only saw it as like a little tease for you know the, uh, mm. the sports thing, and I didn't, I didn't watch it. It's like the hand yeah. pass thing. You can reach up and grab the puck and put it down in front of you, but if you reach up and grab the puck and throw it, yeah. then they're gonna call that. 
I was or they're supposed to go. I right. was really surprised. I got on the computer last night at like eleven thirty or something, and it said it was you know, fifteen minutes left in the third overtime. I was like, oh my god! Can you, <laughs> you just imagine playing? I mean, one hundred and twenty minutes of hockey. Talking about you just knocked out sixty minutes of regulation, you know, and you got your little intermissions where you know the, the audience goes and gets a drink, and, mm-hmm. you know, all that good stuff. That's that's a long ass game. Yeah, you know they they sub no hockey. They they have the luxury of being able to substitute liberally in yes. hockey. That is the best thing. Of, one of the cooler things about the sport, the way they shift on the fly, and you know you've got. Four full lines of guys just like go. A couple minutes later, you guys go, and because you get to just go balls out for that time, right. and then keeps a high intensity, intensity. Yeah. And going playoff hockey is just such a different, different level anyway. That, but I can't imagine what that's going to do to both of these teams for the next game. Mm-hmm. I mean, game three is just going to be. You know, they got to travel, so they get an extra day for that. But still, I mean that. The legs on all those guys are just gonna have to. And then whoever wins is gonna be just you got you got to think uh, just a little bit slower right? or a little bit tougher. <laughs> it can go either way. There. Yeah. The Ducks have been hard to beat on the road and at home this this postseason. So, uh, but Chicago has you know they've got they're the one team that was left in this year's Western side that had more playoff experience than the Ducks, I think. And they've actually been and won the championship more recently. So this is a great series. Uh, I, I wish I had, to, had had time to watch more of these games so far because I've, I've caught like a grand total of seven minutes of these two games. But the East, I really don't. we got Tampa Bay and New York, I think. I don't know. I, I, I think, idea. you know, <laughs> it's so far away. And we're out here on this on this far-flung outpost of the continent. And I, I love and it. And we're getting ready for summer. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and they're like, uh, we might still get more bad weather. And you know, we go, like, straight from blizzards into hurricanes. Just, <laughs> just start, fuck the Keystone XL pipeline. Let's just drill a water pipeline right under the continent. Send it over. That's fine. But yeah, the hockey playoffs still more fun than the NBA playoffs. <laughs> but I haven't got to watch enough of either of them this year. I'm pissed about it. Uh, we got one minute left, and it's all about the NL West and the Doyers with the best record in the division and potential to be the best club in the league. Uh, some things. You know, there's a little bit of, a little bit of stops and starts. But some injuries, right? Definitely the coaching staff they have. Yeah. Is Puig back? Nope. He's got a couple more days. He they put him on the 15 day. They put him on the 15, but it's been it's been 15 days. About, I think. about 15 days. So they're they're trying to figure out do they need to what they, what do they need to do? Mm-hmm. Especially since they've got guys. In the outfield, who are kind of stepping it up? It's like, do you want to bring in a guy who's going to come in injured and s- tentative, 
or leave the guys that are there. Like, Dodgers outfield is not the problem right now. You know, uh, that's it's doing pretty good. So I'm thinking they're going to want to opt to either either move the 30 day or say, okay, yeah, come off the 15 day, but we're going to put you in some. Uh, Play some minor league stuff yeah. just to get you back up to shape. Do some rehab starts. See what happens. Somewhere. Well, he was in the minors uh, like a week or so ago, wasn't he? And then got re-injured or some shit? Yeah. Yeah. yeah something like that. Yeah. You run into a wall. Yeah. He's, he's had some – this hamstring problem seems to be – I think it's I think it's more serious than – yeah, I think they're trying to rush him back. I think he's personally trying to rush. Yeah, him back. he's a stubborn son of a gun, you know. And, and instead of saying, "Hey, take two weeks off, like off, yeah, do and nothing except and stretches," he's like not doing that. So that, I think he's exacerbating the problem there. Yeah, um, and he, he's he's proven on several occasions with his you know in his Dodgers tenure that he doesn't always take direction very well. Really? So. Uh, <laughs> It's it's one of those things where it's just like, dude, we'll, we'll pay you to sit, just chill for a while. And sit, sit because in May, man. They don't, yeah, they sure. don't need him right exactly. now. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Because you don't want to be sitting in September. That's get the wrong get that ham healthy. So, and and, and, and again, they have uh, outfielders. Like, uh, Andy Van Slyke is killing it. This is a guy who is off the bench. He, not Andy. Scott. Scott. <laughs> His dad was Andy. Uh, and he's he's doing great off the bench. Uh, is he an everyday player? Probably not, but he's a great come off the bench guy. And they, again, they're, they're no Ethier is shine in uh, Puig's absence. There's no reason to hurry back. Ethier's solid though, man. He's been solid uh, for a number. He of years. is. Yeah. I, I've always been a fan of him. Yeah. So um, there's no reason to hustle back. Like let these guys do what they're doing well. Get healthy so you can play when it matters. Uh, so, yeah. But pitching has been their bigger uh, problem. They've got uh, McCarthy's done for – he's doing Tommy John surgery. Ryu might be doing surgery. He might be done, but not even come back till after the All-Star break. Um, there's a third one. Third starter. Anyhow, with all that, with all that going on, they're still – First place, and they're still getting some pretty, for the most part. Like, I mean, they lost tonight. I think four to nothing. They lost last night two to nothing. Neither one of those are blowouts. I mean, they're in games. They're just not always getting it done. Those are hard to pin on the pitching staff, though, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, yeah. Frias is uh, pitched up last night. Uh, he gave up one run and got the loss. Uh, that's right. Seven innings, so or seven plus. He's like, you, you can't. That's not his fault. Yeah. And he's he's the backup fourth or fifth guy. So yeah. Anderson is another guy. He pitched tonight, I believe it was, and I think he gave up two runs. They ended up losing four nothing. Again, you can't you can't can't hang that on him. Yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, Tyson Ross, the Padres, uh, kind of de facto ace the last year and a half. He he struggled to open this season. You know, he's had uh, he was last I looked, he was like one and three or one and four. You know, with like a three point two ERA. I mean, solid, respectable ERA, but the kind of thing you expect to be that record with the Padres. You know, over the last decade. 
decades. Um, and this year, you know, they made some they made some moves in the off season, and you know, generally offensive minded moves. And they've had flashes of what they want this team, their team, to be, but it's not firing on all cylinders at this time. And you know, they're fortunate right now. They're as of tonight, they just lost to the Cubs, so they're a game under 500 right now. But you know, they're a competitive-ish ball club, which probably is where they want to be at right now. They, I think, for them. For the Padres right now to be kind of a snake in the grass is a good thing because they're not they're not mathematically eliminated at the end of May, which is good. <laughs> which uh, the A's are seem like they're on a mission to do this year, but uh, it, it's going to be a bizarre division because the the Rockies started it out beating the crap out of everybody, and you know the first ten games of baseball are. Really, a, a really big wash. But you know, now, I think that it's already shaping up to be kind of, you know, the top three and the bottom two. I think is what we're going to see. Um, Damn, they're I, I, I don't think the Padres will rise higher than second, and I don't think the Dodgers will fall lower than second. The Giants could end up anywhere in that anywhere in that swing, but I think that Colorado and Arizona are. Are definitely going to be the seller teams in the division. Arizona, especially. I can see Colorado if, if things just go right at the right time. Which that's that's a, a huge part of it, you know. That's and that's something that all you all you once dejected Clipper fans need to remember. <laughs> sometimes you just need things to go your way. Like if your team doesn't win a championship, it doesn't mean that everything is bad and wrong. It means that you need. You need a little bit of help from the universe and the cosmos to just kind of be willing things your direction, mm-hmm. you know, consciously or otherwise. So, and Adrian Gonzalez on mint. Yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. Wow, well, they, they adopted the uh, the Red uh, Sox. Red Sox. Red Sox. The Red Sox uh, did that tr- uh, contract. So yeah. So, but to be honest, he's probably worth every. Oh yeah, money. they're they're getting. <laughs> It's, it's a great deal. Yeah. It's a it's a huge win for him and and the team. His brother's so. playing with the Padres. Is he still playing? I think so. His brother had, uh, relief. Yeah, I thought he was. For uh. Go figure. Uh, team. Oh yeah, oh nine. Oh nine. Sunset Last game is uh, October oh nine. <laughs> oh, he looks so angry. Yeah. <laughs> My little brother's better than me. <laughs> well, you know, he played college ball. His brother didn't. <laughs> he got a lot of more wear and tear on him. <laughs> Some of that was good wear and tear, too. Yeah. Because college is fun. Yes. Kids, if I can tell you one important thing tonight, it's go to college. You don't have to graduate. Just go. <laughs> Trust me. It's fun. You should cut me off. There. I did. <laughs> there you have another edition of T-Bones. Time out. Hey, we want to thank AD for a, a 
join us again uh, as he does each week, as well as Jack Nunn for sitting in the studio with us, having a chance to chat with Jack. Ch- chat with Jack. Uh, you, you know, check him out at www.rowworks, R-O-W-O-R-X.com over at Rowworks. And uh, next week, our guest is Warren Williams uh, from the uh, L.A. Bicycle Coalition. So uh, any, uh, any thoughts, fellas? <laughs> As previously stated, kids, go to college. And next week this time, uh, T-Bone will be uh, hitched. He will have jumped the broom. It'll be Mr. T-Bone, right? I yeah, will. It'll be Mr. Yeah. T-Bone, that's right. I'll be in here. And I'll be a Mrs. T-Bone. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure she's going to love that. It's Mrs. The Bone. <laughs> Dream as if you'll live forever, live as if you'll die today. Good night, all. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors.